1: Listen up, muckerfuthers. If you just can't get enough of 83 weeks, we've got tons more waiting for you over at adfreeshows.com bonus episodes all the archives with zero yes i said zero ads plus we've got interactive events and experiences with yours truly you can ask me anything chat one-on-one during our live locked and loaded events and if you joined us in chicago this year for top guy weekend we got to hang out the entire weekend weekend and it was a blast i can't wait for top guy weekend 2022 Hey, want to hear me rip Greg Gagne, Vince Russo, and others a new one on our popular Eric Fires Back series? I eviscerate Twitter trolls on me tweet receipts, plus bonus watch-alongs and tons more. Do yourself a favor right now. Google the internet, and you won't find a better value in all of wrestling than over at adfreeshows.com. You not only get 83 weeks... But all of Conrad Thompson's podcasts early and ad-free and on video for as low as $9 a month. Come on, man. You can't beat it. Join the family today at adfreeshows.com.
0: Hey, y'all. It's Rebel with AEW. And when I'm not with the doctor helping her dominate the women's division, you can find me on adfreeshows.com every other Sunday, hosting my personal happy hour, Rebel's Happy Hour. And I would love for you to join me. It's an hour long of drinking, laughing, a little Q&A, maybe some guest surprises, and just chatting about whatever's on your mind. I promise it's a good time. And yes, it is all face-to-face. So do it now, do it today. Sign up at adfreeshows.com and become a top guy. And tell them Rebel sent you. Mwah!
2: You know, I get the question all the time, Conrad. I know you help people save money and you help people refinance, but could you actually help me buy a house? Yeah, buddy. Come on now buy with conrad.com is your hookup. And let me give you a heads up. You don't need a huge down payment to buy a house in 2022. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. There are still loan programs out there that can get you out of your apartment and into a brand new house with no money down. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but buddy, we're doing it pretty routinely. And you don't have to be a veteran, but yeah, we can still help our veterans get into a house with no money down. But more importantly, we're going to help you get on the path to buy a house this year. You see, a lot of times we have these conversations and folks say, well, I've got a little bit of time left on my lease, or I'm not sure exactly when I'll be ready, or how much of a down payment do I need to save up? My advice, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's start the pre-approval process. Let's know what your new house payment could look like. You'll tell us how much down payments you want to have. Maybe the answer is zero. That's cool. And then you'll tell us what you want your monthly payment to be. And then you go shopping for your dream home. But step one starts at buywithconrad.com. And hey, did you know that when you go to file your taxes as a homeowner, you're going to get a statement back from your mortgage company that's going to say, hey, you can write off this amount of interest this year. How much of your rent are you writing off this year? None of it. Oh, and by the way, what's your interest rate on your rent? Well, that would be 100%, pal. You know you can do better than 100% interest. That's what rent is. Stop throwing your money away. And by the way, we can even help you get rid of your current house and get into a better house if you already have a house but you think, you know what, it's time for a new place. We can help you at buywithconrad.com. That's buywithconrad.com, B-U-Y with conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, and be sure to ask about our green light underwrite. We can actually get your file completely underwritten, and that allows you to negotiate like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. Eric, what's going on, man? How are you? I am excited. So excited. We're taping the show early. Yep.
1: By the time this show hits the air, Lauren and I will be on our way to the airport. We're going to fly down to see you and Megan and your family. We're going to have our own spring break together yeah. down on the beach. How much fun is this going to be, brother?
2: I mean, I can't wait to see you and Kevin Nash jackknife into the uh, into the pool, do some cannonballs. It's going to be a good time.
1: Absolutely. Well, you, you know, I can't afford it, but you can. So we need to get a helicopter, you know, to drop somebody from the <laughs> sky down the beach and from the, the Conradison down on the beach in there, in Florida. Come on, it'll be fun.
2: It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm pumped about it, and of course, everybody's talking about spring break. So what better topic today? Then a spring break nitro we're doing a watch along from 1997. Dennis Rodman is going to join the NWO. We're going to have some more of those, uh, Roddy Piper situations. (laughs) It's going to be a fun show. It's season three, episode 10 on Peacock, but Eric, we've gotten a lot of really great feedback just about the ability to get your take on what's happening in the wrestling world these days in 2022. And as we're talking right now. Um, it's been reported that maybe things are changing with Cody Rhodes. This has been the top story. It feels like for quite a while, what's going to happen with Cody. Is he going back to AEW? is he going to do something with ring of honor? Have the plans changed at WWE? You and I have no inside knowledge. What would you like to see Cody do?
1: I would like to see Cody do whatever makes Cody the happiest, yeah, and and Brandy, and whatever's best for Cody's family. Um, and I don't want to pretend that I know Cody real well on a on a real personal basis. Obviously, I've known Cody since he was a little kid, and I I knew his dad really well, Dustin, a little bit, but Cody, not at all, really. Uh, other than just proximity, right? But he reminded the little bit that I have been in communication with Cody and seeing him and hearing some of the things that he says, and does, I think Cody reminds me very much of Dusty. Dusty was the hard guy to keep satisfied. And, and I don't mean that not in a selfish way. It's just, he had so much drive and vision for himself and, and an appetite to do something more. And that's a hard appetite to satisfy. Or a creative person. You need a really good outlet. And I hope Cody finds it, whether it's a WWE or I, I, this is the first I've heard he might be going back to AEW. That, I find that to be.
2: I don't think that's real.
1: Bizarre, but whatever. Maybe it is real. Even if it is, is real, whatever makes him the happiest, because at the end of it all, we all i say we all <laughs> there was a time when I got really caught up in, in the moment of it all. And all I thought about was growing WCW and overtaking WWF, and, you know, making the next big financial goal for WCW and proving a point more than anything. I was driven by proving a point. I wasn't driven by, by personal um, financial reward. I really wasn't. I, the truth is I didn't give a fuck about the money and I took it and I wanted it, but it wasn't what drove me. What drove me was proving a point. And no matter how many times I reached a point where I had proven my point, it last. It, it satisfied me for about thirty seconds, mm. and then I was finding another goal to establish. and And I think Cody's that way too. So I just hope he finds. I hope he settles in. I, I'd rather see him in WWE. I would Obviously. too. It's so fucking crowded in AEW. There's so much going on there. And that's not a criticism. It's an exciting thing for the people in AEW in in many respects. But if you're a top talent, it's a very, very crowded environment now. And it's hard for so far. And and I hope I'm proven wrong. I've been wrong a lot in my life. I'll be wrong in the future. (laughs) And I hope in this case, I'm going to be proven wrong when I say. AEW needs to find itself creatively because right now it's just throwing so much exciting stuff up against the wall and before it even has a chance to stick or not they're on to the next thing. And I and that's not across the boards. I know people are going to say no, but that's not true. What about this storyline? What about this great? But those are not big storylines that are changing the business or growing the audience. Thus far, again, not a criticism, folks, just a fact. AEW has seemed to plateau. They're in that 975,000 to a million one, well, million two kind of uh, level of audience. And you can talk about demos So you're blue in the face. I don't give a shit. I know they're the most important part, but those are flatlined too. And I'm waiting to see them. And I've said this from day one I'm not moving the goalposts, right? But until AEW establishes a formula that allows them to grow their existing audience in a significant way, it's hard for me to get really excited. I'm excited for the people that work there. I'm excited for friends of mine that are making a good living there. I'm excited for anybody that, that is able to continue their careers because this is such a tough business to survive in. If you're not working for WWE or AEW, You're living day to day. I don't care who you are. And, and that's tough. So for people that have an opportunity to move to like Stephen Regal just did and I, nothing but, but respect for Steven and, and, and Jeff Hardy, same thing. I'm really happy for them.
2: Hey, I want to talk about those debuts, but I I do want to ask, as you're saying plateau, you know, I've often wondered that myself. Somebody asked me that the other day I've started doing ask Conrad anything. The last few weeks I did it over on, uh, on Facebook, but this past Wednesday, right before dynamite, I did it on uh, Twitter and I'm going to do it again this week. Ask Conrad anything.com or just follow me on Twitter at Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. But someone asked, Hey, um, what's it going to take for AEW to, to sort of break through, uh, because it does feel like you know, as you've said, and I don't think it's a bad word, but I think sometimes we get criticized when we say it, but there's not like an exponential growth that I expected. And a lot of folks expected, Hey man, we signed CM Punk. Hey man, we got Daniel Bryan. You've got one of the best rosters in the history of wrestling, just a phenomenal group of talent. And the shows are great. Like I really enjoy the shows, but I'm curious, like, what is it going to take? Because, and I think you're uniquely qualified to answer this because once upon a time, Hey man, you threw a bunch of money out. Let's go get Hulk Hogan. Let's go get Randy Savage. Let's get Mean Gene. Let's get Bobby the Brain. You had, and obviously you still had Sting and you and you had Lex Luger. And then even when you got Nitro, man, you went head to head. That was a bold move. You, you put your money where your mouth was. But it took that one big idea that was outside of the box to create the NWO. And that is really what set it on fire. Is, is that what it's going to take again? I don't think it's a streaming deal. I don't think that, well, Hey, AEW was here. Then they got a streaming deal and now they're through the roof. I don't even think it's necessarily more TV time or am I wrong on that? What will it take to to get them leveled up? Conrad, you're absolutely right. And, and I've been saying this from the get
1: go and so many people that listen to me on this podcast and the the news sites, and I, by the way, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I appreciate when news sites take clips from our show yes. and put them out there because it, it it's good for us. right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. thank you very much. And I'm not being critical here, but so often when you clip a comment or two and you put it up there and you write about it, a lot of people ha- didn't hear the whole context of the conversation. That's so fair. they can either interpret it correctly or interpret it the way they want to interpret it, depending on their point of view of, of me and our show or whatever. But, I've been saying from day one, whether it's about WWE or whether it's about AEW, it's a commitment to story and AEW is proving my point. The fact that they have plateaued in my opinion is proving that exact point. You can add, you can add whoever you want to your roster and it won't matter beyond a week or two unless the audience is engaged in a compelling story that makes them, that makes them look forward to next week. Not because they're just wrestling fans. And they want to see a four-star, you know, Tokyo Dome. No, that's not going to grow the audience. That's going to satisfy the audience you already have. But
2: that's how you pay want, off the story, right? That's not how you build the story.
1: That's how yeah, sure. I mean, if you can have that kind of a phenomenal, you know, athletic match, great. And it's a payoff to a story. That's a very good point. That's excellent. That's perfect. But if you're not building stories that people focus on, talk about, relate to, and makes them want to come back every week and see where it's going next. If you're not doing that, I don't give a, you could take WWE's existing roster in its entirety, bring it over to AEW and nothing is going to happen. So it's story. And until there's a, first of all, you have to have a basic understanding of how to tell a story and I don't see it. I don't see it in WWE and I don't see it in AEW.
2: Looking for a great mother's day or father's day gift idea. I was, and I found it at paint your life with paint your life. You'll get a hand painted portrait created to fit almost any budget. And it's a great gift idea for your mother, your father, or both. You say paint your life transforms your photos into a one of a kind, beautiful hand painted portrait created by professional artists. You upload anything you can imagine. You can even combine photos. You'll pick the artist, the medium. You can even customize the frame and you can receive your painting in as little as two weeks. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at painterlife.com and there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping to get this special offer just text the word weeks to 87204 that's weeks to 87204 text weeks to 87204 paint your life celebrate the moments that matter most message and data rates may apply see paintyourlife.com terms for details so it's the new year and magic spoon is perfect for meeting your goals whether it's eating healthier or saving more time in your morning routine magic spoon fits perfectly into your new year's resolutions as well as my own listen everybody is trying to eat better in the new year and you're probably thinking man i can't eat anything anymore i mean that's probably why we gave up cereal in the first place right i mean growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid but once we get a little older and we realize it's full of sugar and junk we shouldn't be eating we probably scale it back and now in the new year as i said we're trying to eat better by the way healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring thanks to magic spoon magic spoon has the amazing flavors you love without all the bad stuff and it's amazing as a midnight snack right before bed if you've been trying to cut down on carbs sugar unhealthy food don't feel like you can't eat anything fun this is a home run i'm talking about magic spoon it's zero grams of sugar it's 13 to 14 grams of protein and it's only four net grams of carbs in each serving by the way it's only 140 calories a serving It's keto-friendly, it's gluten-free, it's grain-free, it's soy-free, it's low-carb, and you can even build your own box. Check all these available flavors out for your very own custom bundle. They've got cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, and even maple waffle. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash 83weeks to grab a custom bundle of cereal and start your new year off right. Be sure to use our promo code 83weeks at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com 83weeks. And remember to use the code 83weeks to save $5 off. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring today's episode. Hey, here's a heads up. CBD isn't about what you feel it's about what you don't feel like stress, anxiety, or pain feels is a better way to feel better. And if you're struggling with sleeplessness or nervousness, or just looking to relieve some pain without the harmful side effects, we recommend feels. Feels is a premium CBD that will help you keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle free and delivered directly to your door. CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness, and there's no hangover or addiction. You place a few drops of Feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. Now, the thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important, and really, everyone's dose is different. In fact, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you can find your perfect dose. The Feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure that you get the best use out of your CBD. CBD. Joining the Fields monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save time and money on every order, and you can pause or cancel anytime. So start feeling better with Fields. Become a member today by going to Fields.com 83weeks, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's Fields.com 83weeks to become a member and get 50% off automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That's Fields.com 83weeks. That's dot com slash 83 weeks. That's com slash 83 weeks. First of all, let me say this. I do think well, sometimes we're, we're using broad strokes here on the show. There has been growth within AEW, So when we say plateau, I think a lot of people hear that and think, oh, well, they're saying that they're not moving at all. I think they are moving, but I think it's been what I would call incremental growth. It hasn't been the explosive growth that I, and a lot of other folks thought well, man, when they get Daniel Bryan fresh off WrestleMania, this is going to be. Man, when CM Punk comes back, well, we didn't ever know he was coming back. My goodness, this is just going to. And, and we did, to your point, get those, you know, moments, those weeks, but then uh, maybe we didn't set the hook properly uh, in terms of what that story is. But I, I want to, you know, everything that we talk about here on the show, we try to relate back to back in the day. I don't think there's been a story that was as well done. I mean, it was one of the best stories ever, the whole sting Hulk Hogan, NWO thing, but then when we did get to the, what was supposed to be the conclusion Starcade 97, their match was not a five-star Tokyo dome match. And maybe it, it was a little... huge
1: disappointment. Yes. Everybody.
2: Yes. And so, uh, but the, the build to it was phenomenal. And that is really what carried the promotion for 18 months. And I, I think that is. Maybe we're getting to use another Southern phrase, the cart before the horse, you know, we've got the great matches, but we don't have this. Oh, I got to, I can't wait to see what happens today, but, but man, they keep throwing great ideas. I mean, we saw Swerve make his debut. He's going to be a a big time talent one day. I'm sure of it. Uh, we saw Scorpio Sky finally get his flowers and become TNT champion. The first guy to be tag champ and TNT champ. You and I both think a lot of him and. I thought they were going to go that direction, you know, back a couple of years ago and man, how exciting was it to see William Regal with a microphone in his hand? I don't know that you saw the segment, but him talking to Tony Schiavone and getting emotional, man, that's as real as wrestling gets and just great stuff. And then we got the whole Jeff Hardy thing, like Jeff Hardy's back, but not only that, the Hardy boys are back. That's nostalgia. That's cool stuff. I dig it, but I think you're right. I think we're looking for that, that big story, but. Candidly, I don't know what that is. And I don't know that anybody does. I don't think those big ideas are just growing on trees. Uh, it's going to be but interesting.
1: That's, that's what I'm trying to say. If you do now, again, we're using the word, you know, the words story and storyline as it relates to wrestling. Right. And you could argue if I'm in AEW, I'm going to argue that they do have great storylines. They, they have storylines. Yeah. but They're not great storylines. If they were, the audience would have grown and they had the audience hasn't they're satisfying their existing audience there isn't in the same thing by the way is true in my opinion with wwe oh for sure so uh, this is not me picking on aew this is me talking about wrestling in general and by the way i've been saying the same thing for years until and unless somebody goes okay well we've added every every some bitch we could find um that's available and some massive names and incredible talent yeah And it's not really growing the audience. You look at AEW last week, look at their quarter hour, Brandon Thurston, who, you know, turns himself into a fucking pretzel every week, trying to spin things as best he can for AEW. And he does a tremendous amount of research and there's all kinds of cool graphs and colors and all kinds of information that's not in any kind of context at all, but it's a lot of information. And you, but you look at his quarter hour breakdown that I saw last week and AEW took a precipitous drop from their lead-in. Yeah, in, 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 in terms of numbers, maybe 100,000 viewers they opened up with, and it was a pretty significant drop um, into the next quarter hour. You don't want that. As a television producer, that is the kiss of death. When, when you can't maintain the audience for your lead-in, The expectation is especially in prime time. Now, if you're on at 10 o'clock at night or eleven o'clock at night, nobody really cares too much. But when you're in the sweet spot of prime time, which is eight to ten, that it doesn't get any better than that time slot. And your lead-in does better than you do, and you can't hold that audience if you I trust me when I tell you this, and I don't give a fuck what anybody else says. That's never been in the television business. That's never sold television. That's never produced television. That's never made a living living in the television industry. If you're an executive in in, in a program executive and you're going, wow, look what happened to our eight to 10 time slot. We had a great lead in and they lost 10% of the audience. That, that trust me when I tell you this, the expectation, or the goal at least, is that if you open up with a million three from seven to eight, the expectation is you're going to do a million five to a million six in the eight to ten time slot because that's 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 a sweet spot of prime time. And when you fail to do that, not only maintain the audience, but actually lose a percentage of it, there are going to be influences within the television management of what is soon to be discovery that'll go, wait a minute, that's, a, that's not how this shit works. What are we doing here? That's not what we want. That's where the risk is by not growing the audience. And that's, that's just a fact. That's how television works. So that's, I'm, I'm begging, please, please. There are Tony Khan already has some of the best minds that you could buy. Oh, he yeah. did surrounding him. He doesn't have to bring anybody else in. And by the way, I'm not pitching for a job. I wouldn't go to work for AEW and Tony Khan, not because I don't respect them. And, and I probably would get along great with Tony if we ever sat down. And oh, I'm sure you added. It's, it's not that it's just that in, in my life where I'm at, I'm, there is no way I would, I would step into that arena again. Just don't have it in me anymore, but it doesn't matter. There's a lot of people around Tony right now that have it. Now, what they don't have is somebody that can convert all of that great wrestling knowledge that Tony Khan is surrounded with and turn it into a kind of a structured formula that works, that they can go to take out this storyline, plug in this storyline. Yes, you got to change it up. It's a different storyline. It's different characters, but the formula remains the same. And until that happens, neither WWE, which they're not doing it either, they're working there, and I know a lot of the writers that are there. A lot of them I have a tremendous amount of respect and affection for, truly. But they're not able to execute what they know how to do because you've got one guy at the top that makes up his mind and it is it is what it is. We all know it. In AEW, they just haven't found their feet yet. And I'm praying that they do because until they do, the audience is going to stagnate and they're always going to be vulnerable to the next team of management that come in and have a different opinion about what they should be doing with the most valuable real estate in their entire schedule.
2: I'm a little shocked to hear you. I don't know. feels like take a shot at wrestle nomics and Brandon Thurston. You don't think there's value in what he does.
1: I, I subscribe. So clearly I do, but it's so apparent to me. In the way, and again, this is is so so much of it is very subtle. I mean, Brandon is much more subtle than Dave. Dave Meltzer's obvious. <clears throat> you know, Dave Meltzer never talks about contracts, how much money you're being paid to talent. And Dave Dave Meltzer, you know, and I'm picking out, the, I'm, I'm pointing out the things that Dave was so critical and still has been critical of me for signing all these talent and not even doing anything with them. Fuck, I used to get beat about the head with that shit every week. I've heard cr- ever, nothing about ATM Tony, right? <laughs> mm. It was much more of, of an automatic teller than Eric Mishoff ever was. Now, again, not a criticism, just an observation. I don't care. At this point, doesn't fucking matter. But isn't it interesting how obvious Dave is? Now, Brandon is much more subtle. He, he uses research to kind of make his point and he takes his shots in a much, much more subtle way. But if you can't see that Brandon Thurston is an AEW surrogate, then, okay, I can't help you Well, or you don't care. And that's fine too. It doesn't matter.
2: Chris Harrington works behind the scenes for AEW and he helped start WrestleNomics and he had obviously Brandon and, uh, and Chris are tight, but yeah, I love his stuff. If you guys are listening and you haven't checked him out, uh, it's at Brandon Thurston on Twitter. Uh, for instance, this past week, he tweeted out, uh, AEW dynamite last line on TBS, 945,000 viewers, the key demo, um, person's 18 to 49, 560, uh, 16,000 viewers compared to last week. We're up 12% in persons 18 to 49, but down 2% in total viewership. And he's got the graphs there that, you have so much fun with, but I think it's valuable information. I really no, I it.
1: did too. I, And I didn't mean again. It's like if I say anything that's contrary to the the AEW narrative in social media, I come off as a hater.
2: <laughs> God, no, no, well, you and I talk in that. real life, and I know for sure that you're. You know tony khan's got a, an opportunity to do something pretty special here and he's put his money where his mouth is and we're pulling for him in a big way and i'll tell you somebody else we're pulling for i don't know that you saw but old dolph ziggler man pops up in nxt he's the nxt champ i think maybe that caught a lot of people by surprise i'm happy for him man i think sometimes people get caught up in the creative of wrestling but take a look at dolph ziggler's career he's been employed For gosh, forever in a day at this point with WWE, he's, he's made a, a King's ransom, I'm sure getting to do exactly what he loves and travel the world. And man, it just feels like there's no slowing him down. He looked better than ever the other day when he won the NXT title.
1: I, and again, I've been talking, you know, people have been asking me since you and I've been doing this show, whenever I do an interview, you know, who would you love, you know, if you were going to create the NWO today, who would you put in the NWO, which is always a difficult thing to take too seriously because things are just so different now, but Dolph Ziggler's has always been at the top of my list. I think he's one of the most underrated talents in WWE. And again, I don't know Dolph. I mean, we're friendly, I guess, but that's it. You know, professionally, if we happen to see each other, we're happy to see each other give each other a hug or a handshake. And we go about our business. So I'm not invested in Dolph personally or any other way, but, I just I see this cat. He reminds me so much of Kurt Angle, in the sense that he's got so much range. He can be a comedic kind of pain in the ass, smarmy heel, or he can be a legitimate badass killer. And he could do one one night, and the other the next night. And there's not a lot of people that have that kind of range. He looks great. He's just he's got so much. And I who knows this could be a breath of fresh air for his career, just making that move, getting out of the pack, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's, you're on that treadmill, you're in that system, you're on that roster. And then all of a sudden get a chance to break away and shine and maybe have some creative flexibility and freedom that you don't have on, on raw or SmackDown. Maybe that could be it. And he could get another big shot in the arm out of this. I hope that's the case because he's an amazing talent.
2: Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance yet. We never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit GoliathLife.com. And I mean right now. And just personally, I've lost two friends in their 40s this past year and a half, and I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it. Protect your family. And I suggest you go to GoliathLife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance super easy. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliath Life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. Science tells us the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering our core body temperature. You see, temperature controlled sleep repairs our muscles after a hard day's work and it improves our cognitive function. So you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. Chili sleep makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. Chili sleep makes the Uler. That's the one I have. And the cube sleep system, both are hydropower temperature controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Chili sleep can make that happen. For an extra layer of comfort, they also make the chili blanket It's the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. Head over to sleep.com forward slash 83 weeks to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any new cube or Uller sleep system. This offer is available exclusively for 83 weeks listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I sleep.com slash 83 weeks to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up feeling refreshed every day. As you know by now, I am a longtime believer in Chili Sleep, and they've been advertising with us for here for quite a while. This is the best offer they've ever had. They've never offered 30% off before, but they do right now. This offer won't last forever, so hurry to chili sleep.com forward slash 83 weeks. What did you think of Brian Breaker? We finally saw him on the main roster. Uh, we've been promoting forever that veer is coming or whatever his name is. But Braun breakers finally here. Of course, the real life son of Rick Steiner, the dog faced gremlin, one of your old friends from way back. And man, he looks just like uh, Rick and he sounds just like Scott as a kid who grew up loving the Steiner brothers. This has been so much fun to watch and I'm so glad he's on the main roster. What do you expect from him there?
1: I am almost giddy with excitement. And part of it is because of you know, my relationship with Rick. Now, Rick and I don't talk hardly at all. You know, we see each other out on the road. Great. But I'm not a phone guy neither is he. So we just don't communicate. But Rick is one of my favorite people that I've ever worked with. I, I on a completely different level, you know, Rick and Garrett, when Garrett was like eight or nine years old, Rick and Garrett and I, and um, Ray Trailer. Did a lot of deer hunting together. Rick and I had. Rick came out. We used to have a deer hunting camp uh, outside of Denver, and Lori, myself, Lori's two uncles, uh, and and Rick would come. We would all hunt elk together out in out in Colorado. Rick and I went up to Yukon, uh, the northern edge of Yukon, to hunt moose and and uh, elk. I've spent a lot of time with Rick, on a personal at a personal level, and now to see. Rick, Rick's son, climbing that ladder and and making it onto the main roster. I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say in my own way is I'm living vicariously through what I know has got to be a, a really satisfying part of Rick's life right now, watching his son break into the business. And as far as, you know, himself, I, I think he's an amazing talent. I think there's a lot to look forward to.
2: Totally agree. I'm so excited to see it, and uh, I want you guys to see that we just did a, a video interview with Brian Breaker over at AdFreeShows.com. Mister John Alba took the reins and I uh, got to pick his brain and talk about his experience and knowing the upside and and what he looks like now in the ring and what he's going to evolve into. We sure hope, man. It's uh, it's a pretty special time. So go check it out. AdFreeShows.com. And before we click play today, Eric, and I want to remind everybody we're watching season three, episode 10 from March 10th, 1997 on Monday, Nitro. I wanted to mention that we're still doing our pre-order opportunity for our pay-per-view super We've recently announced that it won't just be Eric Bischoff, myself and Jeff Jarrett, but it's Jeff Hardy. And unbelievably now William Regal, they're all going to be on stage together. You're going to hear their stories like you've never heard it before. There's an opportunity to come early, do a little happy hour, get your meet and greet, get your pictures and autographs and all that jazz. But here's the really cool thing for me if you pre order the pay per view by this Wednesday, so to be clear, if you're not able to join us in Dallas at supershowlive.com, no big deal. Order the pay per view on Fight. You don't have to watch it live, you can watch it on demand. But when you pre order by this Wednesday, you get a Jeff Hardy trading card, Eric. And as far as I know, this is the only time a card for Jeff Hardy has been offered that wasn't branded TNA or WWE. I assume at some point he'll have an AEW one, but this is going to be the most rare Jeff Hardy card I imagine of all. And if you're not sure what that's worth, go look in your eBay, uh, and just type in Jeff Hardy card Ta-da! the more rare, the more expensive. That's the way the collectible game goes. You're going to have a pretty rare card here. And if you actually attend the event. And maybe you even go ahead and get the backstage experience. We're going to have some folks there from PSA DNA to rate that card. Jeff will go ahead and sign it for you. Now you've got something that's been signed and authenticated. You slab that dude up, man, stick it in the safe, take a break. You're going to get a great return, but this is only available when you pre-order the pay-per-view on fight at SuperShowLive.com. I forget what we're charging for the pay-per-view. It's like 12 bucks or something. The card is worth a multiple of that. Go check it out. Super tickets are on sale now there too. And by the way, Eric, we're not done. I've got more surprises up my sleeves. I don't know that we'll go ahead and announce anymore, but folks that night will not be disappointed. Will they? They will not.
1: And I just want to say Conrad, this isn't a perfect example. I always refer to being on that treadmill and not really appreciating the moment as much as you should. And that's just, it's normal. It's life. But just listening to you talk about what's going to happen in Dallas and Super Show Live. What started out just a couple of years ago is, hey, let's get together, you know, you and I and Bruce. Or, and you started it with Bruce. And, you know, we'll do these live shows, whatever, you know, if there's a big event in town. And it was fun as hell. And now we're doing it on pay-per-view. That's kind of a big damn deal, brother. Yeah that's pretty amazing in this short period of time to grow what we've been doing and to grow what you've built with ad-free shows and the entire, you know, podcast platform that you've created and network, whatever you want to call it. Um, and now we're doing it on pay-per-view. It's just, I really appreciate that. And I mean, when I say I appreciate it, I mean, I recognize it and how cool it is. Today, while we're doing it, as opposed to five years from now and sitting back going, wow, wasn't that pretty cool when we did that? No, brother, I'm digging it right now. It's awesome.
2: Well, I hope you guys are digging it too. Check it out. Supershowlive.com. And without further ado, let's get this uh, playback fired up one more time. We're watching spring break nitro from 1997 season three, episode 10. It's March 10th, 1997. We want you to fire up your peacock, put it on mute. We'll give you a little bit of a countdown. I'll go three, two, one. And when I say play, you'll press play. Eric, are you ready?
1: Wait a minute. I just did the math in my head. This was exactly to the day that we're recording this. What?
2: 23 years ago, 25 years ago today, 25 years ago. I'm pretty good at this planning shit every now and again. You're pretty good at math too. I was trying to, I, was <laughs> <much out there. laughs> I guess it's all the years
1: you spent in the mortgage business, saving people money. You've got to be decent at math,
2: but I know a thing or yeah. two about a thing or two, but I am super excited to learn a thing or two from you today for spring break. You got your playback ready to go, bud. I'm ready to go brother. I'll quit talking and let's do this. Here we go. In three, two, one play. Sweet!
5: Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Dennis Rodman, as bad as we want to be
0: on Nitro. Later.
4: (laughs) You are looking live as we and Paul Vila, where tonight, two hours wide, World Championship Wrestling presents Professional Wrestling's number one weekly program It's Spring Breakout 1997, as Spring Break is underway. Tony Schiavone, Larry Zabisco, for our number one. We a lot to talk about, Larry Zbyszko, and we'll be giving the fans some great action as well. We do understand, though, before we talk about what you've just seen, that we are going to be going outside because the limousine is pulling up. And we want to get our cameras out there for that. There you see, we are in the back of a club, La Vila, right now, and that is a white limousine pulling up. Our cameras are out there. Fans are standing and cheering, and usually the NWO comes in a black limousine. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know who's in that. Uh, we'll find out right now. All right, let's see who that's going to be coming up in a right. It's, oh, it's Rowdy, Rowdy, Roddy, Piper. There's Roddy, He's hey. <laughs> John Tenna, there's his team members with him. And Piper has arrived here at La Vila with his team members tonight. And what a program we anticipate as Piper has arrived. Now you saw the top. All
2: right. So that is not your alarm to take your pills. That's actually some of the worst theme music ever, but look at this scene here at club La Vila, uh, dude, this is one of the coolest sets in the history of wrestling, it's no wonder that fans all these years later still talk about this. Who do you remember first having the idea? Hey, what if we put the ring in the freaking pool? I think it was David Crockett. That
1: was kind of David's gig. Like if somebody had an idea, whether it was me or somebody else about, uh, about a location, we had not ever produced that previously and didn't know David would go down and do a site survey and come back and say yay or nay. And if it's yay, what we need to do to make it work. So I would I would I would have to say it was David Crockett. I don't know who exactly chose Club Livia to begin with. I'm not sure if that would have been David. I don't know if we said, "Hey, David, go down to Panama City. We're going to shoot a spring break, and we want to do it, you know, outside. Go find a place." I wasn't. Sure, I don't know if it was that or if it's internally we got. Okay, we want to shoot a spring break somewhere. Where's a good place? And then any number of people would have done the research to find Club Livia or anything like it. But I. I to make it work, to pull it off, to be responsible for what we're seeing physically—that's all, David Crockett.
2: Uh, just so you don't get uh, eat up on social media, it's Club La Vila, L A at the end. I think you thought it was maybe an E I or uh, I. No,
1: I didn't. I'm just trying to. Th- I'm pretty sure the L is silent in in uh, Spanish, but I, you know, I couldn't.
2: No, no, the rednecks down there. This is the Redneck Riviera i I'm Panama cities where i've vacationed with my family since nineteen eighty two the hillbillies like us call it club lavila so so they even, but, even so it, they,
1: they they butchered one of the most beautiful languages in the world but that's okay whatever
2: buddy we're selling jello shots down here and you're talking about silent uh, no we're not doing that <laughs> uh th- did you ever go to club La Vila when you weren't doing a wrestling show
1: no not my vibe brother i i'm a i'm a dive i like the little corner dive bars and the part of town that most people don't want to be in. That's where you really get to know a community.
2: Well, I'm just Um, saying your girls and your girls gone wild era. That feels like that would have been a stop.
1: Oh no, no. That's a different, that was a different question. Okay.
2: You weren't working. I got it.
1: Yeah. I've been there for other productions. One of them being a Girls gone wild. And it was, uh, interesting.
2: Yeah. It's the first place, uh, I was ever asked if I could sell someone cocaine, uh, as a 21 year old, I went there with some friends and the guy approached me and asked if I had any cocaine for sale. And Geef. I, as a guy from Guntersville, Alabama said, what did you say? Uh, Cause that was like something uh, out of a movie to me. As we see Mongo taking out high voltage here. By now, you know that everything is crazy overseas, and well, that's created some volatility in the market. We actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week. We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention, this is still a once in a lifetime opportunity, just based on your real estate values. You see, all of a sudden your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago. And as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30 year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt. And I mean it. As a heads up, what would you do if you had no credit card debt? Just like that, it was all paid off. How much easier would life be if those car payments, whoop, they're out of here. No more car payments. That is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at SaveWithConrad.com. You see, the interest you pay on your credit cards, not tax deductible, and sky high. The interest you pay on your car loans. Buddy, where is that going? What if we could restructure all of your debt, use some of this newfound equity, and at the same time, get you out of debt faster? You see, what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage. Yes, we're gonna get you a great rate, but if you're in a 30-year loan, think about what your life looks like 30 years from now. Man, life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt-free, and that's what we wanna help you do. And by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And oh, as a heads up, if you've been thinking, hey man, I like my house, but my kitchen's kind of outdated. What if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves, and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all? Why wouldn't you do that? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's going to make your house worth even more. And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Now I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at ConradReviews.com. You'll see there we've got over a thousand verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with a thousand reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's SaveWithConrad.com. It's Monday, you know what that means. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us, Blue Chew! Blue Chew was making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder and stronger erections to combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door, all in a discreet package. Now, the process is simple. You'll sign up at bluechew.com, and then you'll consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, we well, you'll receive your prescription within a few days. Now, the best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and the right strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? Well, that's no problem here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. They prepare and ship direct, so they're cheaper than a pharmacy. If you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And here's a special deal for our listeners – Try Blue Chew for free. We use our promo code 83weeks at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is 83weeks to receive your very first month for free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. As a reminder, we're one week removed from the last ever show in the Omni or the last wrestling show in the Omni. Uh, that was a Nitro where we had that Roddy Piper uh, segment where he had the different tryouts for the different guys to Represent him at Uncensored. He needs a team Piper at Uncensored, the pay per view, and that segment went forever. We have covered that show in the archives over at adfreeshows.com, but this show is really largely about Dennis Rodman. The Observer would write Dennis Rodman became the latest media star of the moment, brought into pro wrestling as a publicity stunt and an announcement made by WCW over the weekend. Rodman, the regularly suspended current leading anti-hero of the NBA Chicago bulls, who has a movie coming out this week, will be part of the NWO group and appear at the uncensored pay-per-view on March 16th and make what is believed to be two additional appearances with WCW as a participant in matches. The first of which is tentatively planned for bash at the beach in Daytona beach. WCW was able to outmaneuver the WWF, which was also supr- uh, pursuing Rodman. The WWF had offered Rodman a two-show deal, reportedly for a one million dollar fee. The first of which would have been WrestleMania to appear in Goldust Corner, in an attempt to help the faltering Goldust character get over stronger as both a babyface and as a mainstream bizarre cult figure. The second of which was a SummerSlam pay-per-view, in where he and Goldust would have formed a tag team. But Rodman's representatives, since Rodman worked at WCW pay-per-view in July of ninety five as Hulk Hogan's cornerman for the Bash of the Beach in Huntington, California, went to WCW to match the offer. WCW pulled the deal off for an undisclosed figure, although you'd have to figure they at least matched the offer, if not topped it in some fashion, since there were several incentives for WCW to do so. Besides nixing a WWF publicity ploy with a star that would have gotten the mainstream play, WCW was able to get a front page story out of the Chicago sun times, just two weeks before WrestleMania with the breaking of the story. Although WCW had for the most part completed the deal more than a week earlier in the Chicago market, Rodman has to be one of the two biggest sports celebrities behind only Michael Jordan and WCW effectively stole much of WWF's local thunder as they were trying to build WrestleMania. Although Manny is going to sell out anyway. Rodman, who's been a fan of Hogan's for years, taped a segment with Hogan that promoted the movie that comes out this coming weekend and the uncensored pay-per-view two days later, which aired towards the end of the March 10th, Monday Nitro television show. Rodman's contract with the bulls won't prohibit him from passive participation in something like pro wrestling during the season. When the season ends, he will be an unrestricted free agent and thus without an NBA contract would be free to perform in a pro wrestling match lot to unpack there my favorite though is that apparently Rodman brought the offer to you guys is that the way you remember that pretty much
1: um I was I remember when I got the call I was at the airport Marriott in Atlanta for a meeting and I got to the meeting a little bit early and just as I was walking in the door my phone rang and it was Hulk and he said hey brother I got somebody that wants to talk to you but you need to get a hold of him right away you can't because I'm kind of famous for yeah, I'll give him a call and three days later I will get around to it. He said, "No, brother, you gotta you you gotta get a hold of him right away." He's really interested, and he told me it was Dennis Rodman. And I, I, right there, you know, I didn't even go in to to sit with the people I was meeting. I made them wait, and I got a hold of Dwight Manley, who was Dennis's uh, agent at the time, and had a great conversation with Dwight. Got right to the point, and for the most part, did the deal over the phone in the lobby of the airport Marriott in Atlanta, Georgia. It was a very easy deal to do. And I think a lot of that just had to do with Dennis really Doug Hulk. Yeah. It, It wasn't as much. Dennis is a, Dennis is a very unique individual in a lot of ways. He's not as money motivated as people, as a lot of people would have been. He wasn't playing one against the other. There was interest from WWF and he would rather work at WCW largely because of Hulk and we we literally, we, we made that deal over the phone. It took about 15 minutes. I was barely late for my meeting.
2: Well, here's the thing, you know, for sure at this time, WCW is the number one promotion, they've got the hot hand with the NWO, but at any given point, if given the option between, and I don't mean absolutely no disrespect to Dustin with this, but if you're afforded the opportunity to work with Hulk Hogan or to work with Goldust, it's kind of a no brainer. I'd rather be with Hulk Hogan. Um, I mean, what a legacy character he was. And this is a big coup because I have to admit, even at the time, I didn't really put two and two together locally there in Chicago. We're, we're just a couple of weeks away from WrestleMania and people are talking about your program, not WrestleMania. So win.
1: it is, and that, that I didn't even really think about that when the opportunity came up, what I thought about was, oh my God. For the amount of money that I'm paying this guy to come in, I'm getting five times, a multiple of five times worth of media value out of this because every sports talk show in America for a long time is going to be talking about Hulk or excuse me. is going to be talking about Dennis Rodman teaming up with Hulk Hogan at WCW. We could not have, I couldn't have pitched Turner broadcasting on the concept of spending the amount of money that that much media would have provided.
2: Let's take a listen to Piper here.
0: All in one place at one time, spring break. I've
3: been seeing a little bit of that myself, yes.
0: When I was a kid, spring break meant to me that the last spring of my mattress was gone. That's how I got six
3: kids, uncensored. (laughs) Speaking of uncensored, What's in the game plan for this coming Sunday night in Charleston, South Carolina?
0: Wait a second. I tell you what, I got I got a lot to say about some critics here, you know. I've been just getting hammered by critics. Howard Stern, he won't have me on a show cuz he's afraid, you see. <laughs> Go one on one with me. He's been knocking me and saying all kinds of bad things about me trying to give some guys a break. Well, Howard Stern and your private parts, let me tell you something about Howard Stern. Howard Stern is hung like a pimple.
3: Uncensored! Wild field mouse.
0: Uh, <laughs> what the well, I it. Yes. You know? And then let's take a look at the other, the other side of this uncensored pre-pay-per-view we got. We got Dennis Rodman. Hey, Denny, number one. It's a kilt, not a dress! So don't be pinching my buns!
3: I believe somebody put the arm on him one time for that. Yes, I'll tell you something else. He
0: has tattoo parts on him. Me, I'm in the middle, folks. I got metal parts on me! And I'm sick of the critics. You know the WW... Huh? You got that right. You know what they said? The WW says to me, over the television, We have no one hip wrestlers in our pay-per-views. You're right. You have no one hip in your pay-per-views. That's why everybody's watching ours. And I'll tell you something else. WWE, you're a liar. Uncensored, right? This is uncensored now. Oh, baby. Because when I was in the WWE, And I beat the dog out of gold dust. I had one hip. What about that time? Huh? Get away from him. Tired of the critics. I'm going to tell you something these men here got more guts inside of them they may not be polished but they're my family and i am not a fair weather friend i am not somebody that is going to fake these people and walk away from them because all the critics are going you know what you critics you ain't done you couldn't put a damn diaper on if you had to man
3: i think we know who you're talking about
0: this is my family Hey, but that's Flair's music.
2: That's- so Flair's coming out, but Eric, what the hell are you thinking as he's going off on gold dust and the WWF and Howard Stern? He's talking about Howard Stern, how he's hung. I mean, this is a weird, weird deal here. Um. Wondering
1: if he maybe met up with that guy that you met man, when he was <laughs> old. <laughs> I mean, Roddy was always all over the place and and his promos were often disconnected in many respects. But that one was Out that there. was like the craziest shit I've ever heard. Now Roddy Piper,
6: all these guys must think an awful lot of you to have came out here last week and took the beating that they took to try to be a part of this. And gentlemen, with all due respect, you got a lot of heart, but this is a job for professionals, not amateurs. Now Roddy, we offered our services to you one time before. The fact of the matter is, Hulk Hogan and the NWO have gotten to all of us. They've dropped Flair, they've dropped myself, and there's been one rule of thumb all through professional wrestling that has always held true. When a burglar breaks into your house, you don't squirt him with a water hose, you pick up something and you bash his brains out with it. Now we got a common goal, you and I, the horsemen have had a lot of problems. Maybe you are the rallying point for the horsemen to pull this thing together for us, and maybe we're just a thing to help you pull
0: this thing off. Well, wait a second. I tell you, this is my family. I preach ha! <laughs> Woo!
5: We are live in Panama City, brother. Will you take a look at the talent in this joint? It's you and me, side by side, one more time, buddy. In a moment, when I hate taking Edge off the party, I came out here tonight with the four horsemen to tell you, my best friend, that in all fairness, You have broken the rule that we always live by. Never overmatch yourself. You've done it! You've put Hogan to sleep twice, but he'll stack the deck. He'll come back with Hall, Nash, Savage, the whole gang. You can do no more. You can do no more on your own. So I'm saying to you, the enforcer, the baddest of them all, They got Dennis Rodman, we got an all pro tackle that'll make Rodman into a basketball. And Hogan, Hogan, to you, let me say, the stupid little man wants back in the game. He wants to stand with the one and only Hot Rod. I want you to take the horseman I want
4: you to walk down! I want you. Come on. Come on. He's offering Come the on. horseman toy. What about it? What about it, Roddy Piper? He's offering the horseman toy for Uncensored. Come on. on, on. Here he goes. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Piper's shaking his head. No. <laughs> Come on. I want you. <laughs>
3: oh, what about it? We need an answer. Time is running short, as they say. Oh, my goodness. Conrad, are you with the horseman,
5: Are you with the horseman? Woo! Hogan! (laughs) Oh! Oh, great Hulk Hogan! It's not, it's not Roddy the icon, Hulk Hogan. It's the con man. You're an icon, brother. Join the horseman and let's. Woo!
0: If the jacket fits, wear it. You know what? The jacket fits just fine. Let's get smart about it. They're my family. They will watch my back. I would be proud to find what the horse he accepted.
3: We have wanted to hear that. Tough to get it out of him. Tony, Larry, let's get back to you, gentlemen. What a revelation.
2: God, I love me, Gene. We have wanted to Uh, hear that. It was tough to get it out of
1: him. I've got to tell you, that was the most incoherent Promo I've ever listened to. None of it made sense. Rick was not a whole lot more cohesive. They had no idea Robbie where they were
2: going. I mean, they just knew, okay, we're gonna do it. But he took his jacket off, threw it in the air. He's dancing around. Piper starts doing it. Puts on the jacket. That flare. It's this is. Yeah, but maybe maybe the, they I had mean, a little. Was,
1: and what I was gonna say is is incoherent as this entire promo was from everybody involved other than Gene. it was also one of the most entertaining.
2: It was super fun. It
1: was just awesome. F- fun to watch.
2: It was, it was stupid, but it was fun. Uh, and then we go to a commercial break and now we're coming back, hopefully with some wrestling. I just love these looks. I mean, you could hear the, the helicopter circling. You guys had a pretty significant line item expense here, because I just want to remind everybody those aerial shots. Buddy, there weren't drones in 1997. That's a helicopter. No, oh, there shot. were,
1: but they were about, um, $25,000 an hour
2: <laughs> and they were big. Yeah. You couldn't this run was, down the to what, Best time, what time code pick.
1: are you at brother?
2: I'm at 20, 31, 32, 33. All right. Gotcha. So we see, uh, Dave Taylor coming to the ring here. Uh, he was, uh, two weeks ago in a jungle expedition outfit, losing the DDP. Now he's rejoined Steven Regal as a blue blood and he's, uh, going to be taking on Prince Iakea here for the TV title. So we're at least matching up Prince Iakea with some pretty seasoned and talented in-ring performers like Dave Taylor. The, uh, Dave Taylor
1: much like Steven Regal. Um, Dave Taylor had the ability to get in there and make talent that weren't that experience look better than they really were. And you you cannot undervalue people like that on your roster. Not everybody on your roster is star quality, top star quality. That doesn't mean they don't have a valuable value, almost more valuable role on a roster, because unless you've got people that will make your Chosen stars look good and actually look better than they really are, and commit to to helping to build them. You have a tough time.
2: There's a belief in wrestling too. Equity in a star. There's a belief in wrestling too. Eric, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you can be too good. The idea that you know you're so good in the ring that we need you to help get everyone else over.
1: It can backfire.
2: Yeah. I mean, and, backfire. and I'm not saying that happened for Dave, but I'm saying a lot of times, maybe even like a guy like Brad Armstrong comes to mind. I mean, Brad arm, you could put Brad Armstrong in there with me or you and people would be like, oh, it wasn't Brad's best match, but it wasn't bad. We don't know what the hell we're doing. Do uh, you think
1: Ric Flair achieved as much success as he had the potential of achieving? Do you think he maxed it out? Or do you think that sometimes Ric Flair as great as he was and as much as he achieved was compromised in the long run because he was so good. He could make lesser talent look even better than they were
2: because losses wouldn't hurt him. He knew how to get over without going over. So you're exactly right. And we see the NWO coming up. Now, uh, we see Hogan, Savage, Liz, DBIC hall, and they're in a stretch Hummer, like an old school H one Hummer that probably costs, I don't know, 200 grand at the time or more. And it's totally wrapped for spring break. There's Kevin Nash. There's buff Bagwell. There's your favorite Mike Jones. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, of course, Scott Norton, what a crew here. And listen, the NWO is who this audience is here to see. Uh, Meltzer would even say approximately 2000 fans. They are largely out of towners for spring break. They weren't, oh man, somebody has been dropped.
4: That's a member of the NWO. And apparently I can't see from I can't, here. I can't see it either. Who is that? It's like,
2: That's, it's like wall street. Somebody took him out. We got to figure out what's going on here. Meltzer would say they weren't really wrestling fans, but they reacted to seeing the stars live. The atmosphere at the beginning of the show made WCW seem really like an end thing, but as the crowd hardly reacted to the wrestling it ended up turning into a flat show by the finish, I guess that probably could hurt it a little bit if they're not really diehard wrestling fans and they're not really here to see wrestling, but at the same time, I don't even think you have chairs around there. I think it's just standing room only a bunch of kids excited to see the action and probably funnel in some beer and. It makes for a, a fun backdrop for the show. And those, these shots, I mean, people still love this look all these years later, so you did something right.
1: Yeah. It also was very appealing to advertisers because spring break is a huge advertising, uh, opportunity for a lot of big companies. And again, it was a little bit like going to Sturgis, you know, in, in some respects, it made no sense because you're not getting a gate. Yeah, You're not in front of wrestling fans. You're not getting a, this is awesome channel, which I'm sure was a huge thing for us, kidding aside. Um, but from an, av- again, from a non-wrestling fan, purely advertising perspective, the fact that WCW was going to go to spring break once a year and film on location made us attractive to advertisers.
2: Coming back from a break here.
4: La Vila, for WCW Money night and Tony Schiavone, Larry Zabisco. And for this us heavyweight title match, we are joined here at the broadcast location, kind of impromptu that Dean Malenko walks up here and sits down the former cruiserweight champion.
2: So Malenko is going to join commentary as Jim powers comes to the ring with Teddy long. Um, I don't have a bunch of uh, memories of Jim powers in WCW. I'm sad to say.
1: No, I don't either. Was it, I was just going to ask you, um, wasn't he like jungle Jim powers at one point?
2: Yeah. I think he had a few different personas.
1: Yeah. But I, I honestly, I don't have I uh, don't have much recall on him either.
2: Well, we know this guy though, here he comes our us champion, Eddie Guerrero. Meltzer said in the observer that the focus of this match is to give Eddie some type of edge because he's just a vanilla baby face. And that's hard to get over as that at this point, um, I suspect that we're going to see Teddy long get involved in this. If I had to guess,
1: why would you say what? Because you know, or what, 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 what makes you say that?
2: Well, because it almost feels like Jim powers might be a backdrop character. And if we're trying to get over Eddie as a baby face, then there, then the heels are going to have to cheat to win or cheat to try to win, but it's not like we're actually going to put the U S title on Jim powers. So Just me thinking out loud as a, so you,
1: you, you're predicting that Eddie's going to, Eddie's going to get all over Teddy at some point because Teddy's going to try to interfere and okay, let's see what happens. I buy, I'll buy that. It makes sense.
2: I want to mention too, uh, coming up next, I think we're going to see Sergeant Craig Pittman, his last appearance with WCW. Do you know why that was? Uh,
1: I don't think there was any specific reason. I think everybody kind of recognized, including Craig, that it just, uh, wasn't going to go anywhere for him. And at some point you've got to make a decision. Are you going to spend the rest of your professional life? And I don't think Craig really felt that professional wrestling was his future. And I didn't disagree. We tried, he tried, we tried, didn't really live up to anybody's expectations. So it was time to move on. There was no animosity. There was no, contract, you know, negotiation that couldn't be resolved or issues that couldn't be resolved. Wasn't any of that. It's just, okay. We tried, didn't work. We've run the clock on this. Let's move on.
2: He, uh, he's going to wrestle his very last match on May 24th on WCW Saturday night. He's going to get a shot at the world television championship against Lord Steven Regal, but this is his last Nitro shot here. And that's it. I, I do. Sergeant think, Craig I, I
1: do I, I'm sorry. Connor. I mean, to but yeah.
2: it just occurred to me that Craig was
1: also interested in MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that had a large part to do with it. I think he realized that if he was going to continue as a professional wrestler, he wasn't going to be able to dedicate the time he needed to MMA. So that, that did factor into the equation as well. In
2: 1998, he got the shot at the NWA world title, according to Wikipedia against Dan Severn, but he would, to your point compete again in MMA. Uh, he had two fights in 1995. He would have another fight in, uh, 2011 and another fight in 2012. And he goes out with a unanimous decision in 2012. So he winds up with an MMA record of two and two as a reminder, though, he was a USA senior Greco Roman champion, uh, two times in both 89 and 91. So a capable amateur performer. And even now just 62 years old. Uh, but he had a, a a cool look and an interesting enough gimmick. It just feels like maybe it was from the eighties rather than the nineties where it needed to be. Maybe
1: I was just going to say timing was a part of that. And also, you know, Craig didn't get into professional wrestling until a little bit later in life. Yeah. He was a little uh, older. So the, the, the timing
2: was Craig's biggest issue more than anything else. Oh, so Teddy long arguing with the referee. Let's see what we get now,
1: powers just bumped. Oh no, that was Eddie. I was going to say, what the hell? They kind of look alike in fast motion.
2: Well, there you go. Eddie gets the win and up next it's Craig Pittman and DDP Meltzer is going to call that match a really bad match. And, uh, during the DDP promo afterwards, something else crazy happens as if we haven't seen enough, this is a show where we started with Rodman. We got an incoherent uh, Piper promo An incoherent. (laughs) Uh, flair promo someone attack vk wall street let's listen to eddie and main gene here
3: uh, either i did talk to some uh vacationing people here from michigan some uh I i think they're from the university of michigan and they're here celebrating spring break but eddie guerrero they're asking me the question i think that everybody is is it us or is it eddie guerrero what's going on you know what i am not the one that is
7: saying i'm a new and improved wrestler am i
3: Oh, no, that's Dean Malenko. That's right.
7: Am I punching and kicking and choking uncharacteristically like somebody I know?
3: Is hey, it? No, you got a point. That's Dean Malenko, also.
7: That's right. So, who's a person that doesn't seem to be
3: himself? Hold on. Wait a second there, Eddie. I'm going to stop you. That's you. You don't seem to be yourself. These hey, days. look, I'm
7: getting sick and tired of everybody. My friends think I'm changing. My family thinks I'm changing, you think I'm changing, look, I'm just getting sick and tired of it. Dean Malenko, you keep accusing me for your attitude. I'm really getting sick and tired of this. If anybody made a mistake in this, this is you, Dean Malenko, because you know what you did? You told me your game plan. And if you think that I'm gonna give mine, well, let me put it to you this way. I'll see you Sunday at Uncensored.
3: Indeed, they will. Sunday, it's going to be Malenko and Guerrero head on United.
2: Boy, I know this is the beginning of an Eddie Gray or heel turn, and he's going to do his best work in WCW to me as a bad guy. But did he evolve as a promo in time or what? He really did. He, he found his feet, so to speak. He wasn't dancing around
1: it, he knew what he wanted to say, he found his character. And his confidence just went through the roof. And once you get to that point where you're so confident and you're not afraid of that microphone, you're not afraid of being put on the spot, you're not intimidated by doing a live promo. Once you actually look, start looking forward to doing them, the impact that confidence has on you and the quality of your promos is amazing because you're no longer memorizing every single thing you're supposed to say. You're allowing yourself to feel the things that you're saying. And once you can start actually feeling it and you're not concentrating on memorizing it, the audience feels it with you. And that's where it all changes.
2: I just had this conversation with Tony about old school JCP last week. I want to ask you this week in hindsight, would you have preferred that we do the interviews with the guys before the match, as opposed to after the match? I think Eddie could have said, Hey, everybody wants to say I've changed, watch this match and see if I wrestle the same way I always did. See if I'm taking shortcuts, see if I pull the hair, or hold the tights or, but my point is, I think after a match, sometimes the guy's <gasps> mean, gee, <gasps> but he can't catch his breath. He's blown up. And so maybe he's not at his best promo wise and he's not in his best entertainment wise when he's trying to catch his breath in hindsight. Should we always try to do it before, as opposed to after when we can,
1: I, I don't think there's any, you know, one way to do things. It always depends on the talent and it depends on the situation. I like the fact that talent is blowed up. I, cause that feels real to
2: me. It does feel real.
1: And the level of emotion, particularly with less experienced talent. And at this point, Eddie was finding his way in terms of promos in the ring. He was at home. He could, he could have a great match in his sleep, but with a microphone in front of him and and a red camera, right in his red light of the camera, right in his face. He wasn't his home at that point. But when you get somebody who's great in the ring and maybe not so great in a promo, getting that real emotion from from them post match is often better than anything that you're going to get from them pre match. That's my opinion. It's a matter of taste, but again, I think you got to mix it up. And it depends on the situation and the
2: talent. So this is the match that Meltzer said was, well, not very good quote, a really bad match, maybe it's a styles clash, but sadly this is it for Sergeant Craig Pittman, just I don't think Craig,
1: Craig didn't look to me like he was in that great shape at this point, which he's wrestling in a a t-shirt.
2: I mean, and, and it's not even like full army gear stuff. It's just like you know, one of his t-shirts and yeah,
1: no, he reached in his, uh, he reached in his bag and pulled out whatever he was going to wear the next day. and decided to wear it in a ring. He, he you know, I, I think Craig had probably already checked out at this point and was just going through the motions. Cause this isn't the Craig Pittman that we saw a few years ago. A, yeah. A year or two previous. This is a less committed and just look at, he's carrying a lot of weight here. And he was a big dude anyway, but he's probably about 30 or 40 pounds heavier than he was when he came in. And carrying that extra weight slows you down, just makes you look awkward.
2: DDP, though, is on a collision course. Uh, little does he know at this point, he's going to have the feud of the year with the Macho Man, Randy Savage. The volume's really going to be turned up for that uh, this coming weekend at uncensored, because as a reminder, in case you've missed it so far, this is not only a spring break nitro, it's the go home for a pay-per-view. So a lot of fun stuff happening here in WCW at this time, man, DDP is flying all over the place. He was doing his best Dolph Ziggler right there. He did.
1: There was some major bumps in there Ooh. bouncing around like a super ball, by the way, I want to, uh, now that DDP's in the ring and we got to look at Mark Bagwell a few moments ago. Oh yeah. Uh, Tip of the hat, much respect, Mark Bagwell, getting some help, digging in, doing the work. And Paige, love your brother. You're just there for people. You're there for your friends. And uh very, very happy to see that for Marcus. And, and again, can't say enough good things about DDP, man. The guy's got a heart of gold.
2: I mean, it's really remarkable what DDP has been able to accomplish. I mean, what a what a great human being and man, you and I personally, we've talked about this for a while. We are so excited for what's next for Buff Bagwell, because that story is going to have a happy ending and what a phenomenal talent and performer. And we've had a lot of fun this year talking about what if he wouldn't have joined the NWO, what if he would have been a flag bearer for WCW. And now we don't have to wonder anymore. What if it looks like, uh, he's going to turn that thing around and pull the nose up as I like to say. I'm, I'm so thrilled. God, this is a bad match. Meltzer nailed this. I'm so thrilled (laughs) to see that that Bagwell is, uh, is taking the steps he needs to guarantee success. And, uh, I'm sure we'll be uh, seeing him sooner rather than later. I agree.
1: And I, and I hope that Marcus gets to the point once he gets clear headed and is able to overcome some of the obvious challenges that he's had over the last several years, once you once you get out of the fog and you're able to think clearly and be able to reflect back on your career in a positive way, as opposed to having unfinished business that eats some people alive, or in many cases, guys and women just can't seem to separate themselves from that world when they're no longer a part of it. And that causes a lot of people frustration and, and leads to a lot of negative things. So Mark's had a great career. He's done amazing things. He's traveled the world. He's got stories to tell that are amazing. And I hope that he can see clearly enough to be able to reflect on it, be happy about it, and let it go. Because that's a big part of getting healthy, I think. When you've reached that stage in your life, you've got to be able to let it go and be who you are and not keep trying to be what you used to be.
2: We're pulling for Bagwell, and I don't know if you saw, but when DDP hit this diamond cutter, the whole crowd threw up the diamond sign. So I don't care what Meltzer says they're wrestling fans or DDP is a pop star, one or the other, but this interview, something major happens. Let's track it. Take a listen. Can't wait to get your reaction here. Eric, do you remember what it is? No. Oh, this is fun. Here we go.
3: Lovely weather down here in Florida. Diamond Dallas. Page. I must say, one week ago tonight in Atlanta, Georgia, capacity crowd at the Omni, WCW Monday Nitro, coast to coast on TNT, and the way that crowd accepted you and what you have done in World Championship Wrestling was very, very impressive to me. These folks have done it here again tonight for you.
5: It's like I said last week, they know who the real deal is. And like we watched last week, we watched it on the big screen. How the previous week before, Randy Savage attacked me from behind, hitting me with something, knocking me out, tagging
1: me with the NW.
2: The power just went out. It's completely dark, and we can't hear him.
1: Wow, that's crazy. And we're running a promo in the middle of this, trying to figure out what the hell.
4: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing some sort of difficulty right now here at Club La Vila. Diamond Dallas in the ring uh, talking to Mean Gene at this time. And they are still conducting the interview. And we will try to restore power as soon as we can here at a Club La Vila. We do have to take a break. We will fix our problem and we will come right back live on Nitro. This is TNT. How
2: about that? Power outage right in the middle of the doggone thing. Is that, that like. Be, yeah,
1: that had to be a generator issue. Yeah. You just can imagine the amount of electricity that we were sucking out of this place that they weren't used to having to provide.
2: It feels like worst case scenario, like you're live and you lose power. We're back. Let's see what Tony says
4: number one wrestling program each and every Saturday is WCW Saturday night, two hours, 6.05 Eastern time and only on TBS, the Superstation. This week in action, Chris Jericho, Jeff Jarrett. We're also going to see Eddie Guerrero, Prince Iakea and we'll be talking to the nature boy, Ric Flair, about the proposal he made and was accepted by Rowdy Roddy Piper. I'll be joined by Dusty Rhodes, The American Dream this Saturday at 6.05 Eastern time on TBS. And back with more Monday Nitro Live Live from Club La Vila on TNT. Right after this, I'm out.
2: So they come back, do a plug, and take another commercial break, trying to buy some time. What do you remember of this, Eric? Were you guys panicked? Not really panicked.
1: You know, I mean, it was all hands on deck. We've got to figure it out. But and we finished I the know promo. This is going to sound weird. People are not going to understand what I'm about to say and that's okay. Or they'll understand. Or they just won't agree with it. But this is one of the things I love about live TV. This makes it live TV. The glitches and the imperfections. Yeah. Sometimes make it more interesting than a slick overproduced show. You feel like you're there. Yeah. And I, I, I wasn't as upset. I was confident we'd figure it out. We had some really talented people there. Um, Will Byrd, in addition to David Crockett and, and their teams, their respective teams, uh, there was nobody better in the business at this point for live television. So I wasn't worried that we'd you know not ever make it back on the air. But I also wasn't that angry about it either because it's the fucking magic. I've said that, I said that before we started doing live TV, before night, and, and certainly – during Nitro it's one of the things that made us different than the competition who is this little kid let's track it here
4: to the NWO.
1: here's a man
5: that took himself from managing wrestlers to becoming one of the best in the business
2: what's your time Co a- clearly you're uh, a little ahead of me I'm at 42 28 29 where are you Holy I'll catch smokes. Up. how are you skipping ahead 42 what? 36, 37, 38, 39. All right. All right. I'm with you. So the, the, I guess what maybe you were referring to is the little kid that's galaxy who we know is Damien and he's going to be taking on Ray Mysterio. It's going to be a pretty short match though. Ray Mysterio man. Are you surprised given his crash and burn style he did for so many years that he's still wrestling 25 years later? I, I definitely am. I and he's, look, he's, he's had some injuries along the way. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of them
1: occurred as he started, or excuse me, as uh, Ray started getting bigger. You know, and again, he's when when Ray started, what was he in WCW? He was 21 years old, 20, 22. I don't know what he was, but he was really young. And you're still growing. You're, your bones are getting more dense. You're getting thicker. And on top of that, um, I think Ray Decided he wanted to try to put some size on. And, you know, when you're born, your genetics are such that they're, it's like, okay, you're going to be five foot six. You're going to be a hundred and, you know, 35, 145 pounds. And you have the bone structure and the cartilage and the connective tissue to support that. And then as you get older and you decide, eh, I don't want to be 145 anymore. I want to be 195. Well, you can do that you know, with lean, lean tissue, you can build your muscle, but guess what doesn't change your bone structure and your connective tissue, your ligaments and your cartilage cartilage are your ligaments and your cartilage. And that's when guys get hurt. And as Ray got bigger, injuries became a bigger issue, but the fact that he's been able to survive all of those injuries come back and have a career that is unparalleled by anybody in the last four or five decades, um, I think it's pretty damn impressive. Maybe ever who's ever had, who has ever achieved and established the style of wrestling in the United States that Ray has that's even close.
2: I think Ray, I think Ray's probably the biggest innovator. Sorry. I think Ray's the biggest innovator of our generation for sure. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are other innovators, you know, Foley, Sabu, the young bucks. I mean, there's no doubt. Uh, you can't discount the impact that a guy like Regal had and people don't really talk about that, but I mean, Regal is one of the most influential wrestlers of all time. When you consider some of his students, guys like Brian Danielson Oh, and obviously Sean Michaels, but to me, Ray Mysterio was just the most, you know, Sean was maybe the best of everything we had seen before, but a lot of this stuff with Ray, it was stuff that many of us had never seen before. And he was doing even the things he was doing that others had done before him. He did them so much better, so much more fluid. He was like a real life action hero. I mean, he was our version of, uh, he's wrestling Spider-Man. Yeah. That's a great. Great analysis. Great way to put it. Man, I just can't get over these shots. And and I think Club LaVilla is torn down now. I don't think it's even. Yeah, I anymore. heard that. I,
1: somebody told me that a couple of years ago because I was asking about it. And, uh, yeah, I don't think it exists anymore. It's too bad. A lot of, can you imagine if that building could have talked? Well, talked a lot stories. of people
2: would have went to jail. <laughs> <That would've happened. laughs> oh, wow. Or you know sure. what? Uh Maybe I'm wrong. I just googled it, and it looks like the uh, the website is uh, is still active. It says Club La Vila is currently closed due to Hurricane Michael, and uh, hey, go here for more information. So maybe one day it'll be back. But I didn't believe that was the case. I thought they were going to develop it and turn it into something else. Yeah, so I guess Club La Vila is down. But hour two is here, and got the big pyro show. You remember any of the boys in particular having a, I don't know, maybe a little too much fun at a club (laughs) level show like this. Uh, You may even be talking to one right now. (laughs) 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 I'm not going to lie. Um, look at that announced shot. I, I even love this. I mean, here they are on a podium and you see all the smoke behind them from the pyro, but it just feels different. It feels interesting. I like this on location. Look.
1: Yeah, it. I, I, I. Well, clearly, I thought it had added value, and it's a nice way to break things up, you know, because you get inside of an arena, and you know, arenas from a television perspective, they all kind of look the same.
2: They're boring. Like
1: the inside of one arena looks just like the inside of another arena. The only difference is how many bodies you can squeeze in. Whereas this took on a different vibe and tied to spring break, which is a different kind of a celebration. But I, I think you know, for the most part, the guys were pretty cool about it. Um, there were a few, you know, that, that would imbibe and, you know, you'd see him backstage with a beer in her hand, but I wasn't too worried about it. I mean, I know that sounds horrible, but, um, yeah, guy had a a beer or two before his match or after his match. I didn't care. Now, if they were visibly intoxicated, that was a different story, but most of these guys could drink a beer or two, like you and I would drink, you know, an iced tea. Not a big deal. Oh my god, I'm gonna get slaughtered for that. Oh, oh, oh
2: wow. Why would you see. get slaughtered for that? Eric Bischoff
1: ran WCW into the ground because he let his talent drink before the show. Come on, come on.
2: Well, let's let me mean Gene liked a little clear one. Let's uh let's let him take a Take the mic here. Oh, he's introducing someone. Who is it?
3: Being joined by our good friend from MTV, John Sensio. Please welcome Miss WCW Monday Nitro. Ah, oh, that's not Miss Nitro there. That is John Sensio, BJ from MTV. Johnny, come on up here, boy.
2: All right. So listen, I don't remember who this is, but I'm sure neither. I'm sure back then, if you watched MTV, this was cool. And you guys I mean, listen MTV and spring break were synonymous in this era. So it makes sense that you want the association. MTV is still a cool hip thing. It's not just playing ridiculousness. 60% of the time it's actually a cool station. So I can see why you would want that. Let's track it. See what he says.
4: Here she comes TNT's WCW. Monday, Miss Monday Night, bro. Pamela Rogers, come on out, let's hear it for her, guys. Oh, Pamela. That's right, WCW, they scoured the beaches for three days to find her. Tennessee Tech, studying education, wants be a basketball coach.
2: Do you remember what happened with her?
1: I remember her audition.
2: Okay. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. So, you know, they just, the announcer here, the MTV VJ just said, she's studying for education.
1: She's in prison now. She's in prison.
2: Yeah. What'd she do? February of 05. She was charged with 15 counts of sexual battery by an authority figure and 13 counts of statutory rape stemming from a three month relationship with a teenage boy who was her student. So, yeah. Well, there's that. She, uh, was found guilty.
1: That's a sad. It's a really sad thing to hear.
2: She got two additional years of prison time in January of seven, after she pled guilty to sending nude photos of herself to the boy, she was released in 2012 and then in 2015, she was indicted by a grand jury for the introduction of contraband into a state penal facility and arrested allegedly having conspired with two others to smuggle cell phones in the state prison where she had been previously incarcerated. So yeah, she's, uh, been in a lot of trouble and, uh, you helped get her down that path here, Eric, you could have sat her aside here and had a real serious talk with the now 44 year old Pamela Rogers and, and, and set her on the right path, but instead you let her funnel some beer and, uh, now,
1: yeah, I made her come out in her underwear and expose herself, so to speak to, to, to to the world, but whatever. People make their own choices. Sorry to hear that. I don't want to make light of that though. That's a weird crime, man. Dude, it's such a weird thing. I don't. I don't. I can't you know, imagine. It's just weird. I don't get it.
2: I uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's got her pick here, you know.
1: I and, and now I'm just like I want I want to say how I feel about this, but it's such a weird topic. That almost anything you say other than that's fucked up can be misinterpreted or misconstrued. Uh, so I'm just leaving this shit alone. I'm just going to leave it alone. Here's some people that were right at home at spring break in Panama City, right? <laughs> the amazing- I, and This crowd right now is embracing these two. These are, they're one of us. I hear... <laughs>
2: By the way, the segment we just talked about that with the MTV VJ and uh and Miss WCW, Miss Pam Rogers, we were doing that because it's a crossover. This is where we would have Hall and Nash appearing on MTV Spring Break, which a lot of our listeners probably remember is the time where some dumbass threw a rock at the outsiders. Kevin Nash made sure to go run down that little son of a bitch, and they tried to sue. There was video footage that this kid threw the rock. Ultimately they settled and I think Kevin had to write an apology letter. He did it in crayon or something. I mean, this was a hot time for WCW, but how about this team that we just saw come out here, amazing French Canadians, Greg Valentine and roadblock. They're here to take on this crew, Lex Luger, the giant and the Steiner brothers. I would not want to be anyone standing across the ring from the Steiner brothers here, because it feels like in this group, they're like, okay, we got to make something stand out. So protect your neck, son. Steiners
1: were safe. They weren't going to hurt you, but they were stiff and they were tough giant. He would have been the safest person to be in the ring. He was so powerful that he could pick people up, do things with them and protect the shit out of them, even though. He was throwing him around like a rag doll.
2: I'd be scared of that. I think I'd rather wrestle Luger. I don't think Luger's going to hurt me because Luger don't want to get hurt.
1: I took a choke slam from the giant the first time I took. I took more than one from him. I think I took two or three. Yeah. The first time I took it, I was I wasn't scared, but I was aware. Honestly, God, it was the softest thing I've ever taken. He literally picked me up with one hand, and at the time, I'm you know two hundred pounds, hundred ninety pounds. Pick me up with one hand, one hand, 190, 200 pounds. And I wasn't doing the, you know, I wasn't helping. I was a, just a bag of rocks. Pick me up, put his hand under my ass and threw me down. But right before I hit, he kind of elevated me enough. So it it didn't hurt. Didn't feel a thing. Looked Uh awesome. Did not feel a thing. That's how strong he was.
2: Greg Valentine's a guy I think about all the time in terms of man. You know, we talk about it a lot here on the show. Timing is everything, but that guy is built like a brick shit house. I mean, he is a little fireplug, uh, very believable. His work in the ring is, is very believable, but it just feels like he wasn't packaged properly for this era, but I could see how, if he came along 10 years sooner, I mean, why wouldn't a guy like Greg Valentine be in the conversation to be the NWA world champion? Because he's, he's the epitome of old school. I mean, look at him out here. He's not even wearing knee pads. This is old school, man. And very believable, but it feels like by this era, I don't know. You need more some, oh my gosh. What a suplex on roadblock from Scott Steiner. That gets everybody fired up. What do you think? Was there a different, could we have done something different with Greg Valentine? Cause he knew what to do a very talented in ring performer.
1: I don't think we could have, I, I think Greg's career had pretty much The peak of his career had pretty much passed him by. He was definitely on a downwards trajectory by the time he, by this point in time in 1997, he was still very valuable, still an important part of the team, but in terms of being a focus or main eventer now, I think time pretty much took care of that for Greg. Have you ever talked to Greg? Very briefly. He's just, he's a great, I mean, he's as chill as chill gets. Right. But if you can, Get him in the right frame of mind, meaning there's not a lot of people around and he's in a relaxed environment and you def- develop a little bit of rapport with him. What a great guy to talk to, man. Great stories. My great uh, stories.
2: My mother-in-law thinks a lot of him and asks about him all the time as she just assumes that I know everyone in wrestling.
1: He's a, and he's a generally nice guy. If you see him at a convention, i talking to you Conrad, but you know, if listeners get a chance to, to, to meet Greg and, and chat with him, Um, go out of your way to do it. You'll be glad you did. He was an important part of the wrestling business during a very important period in the industry itself. And he's, you know, he has got history.
2: Fun promo here with the Steiners Luger and giant. Let's track it
1: for
3: some right here. The Steiner brothers. I don't know right now, Rick, things don't seem exactly kosher with you. And of course we've got the giant and Lex Luger for the record. If you guys win, all of the belts are going to be up for grabs automatically. If Rowdy Roddy Piper should defeat this coming Sunday night at Uncensored, he's going to get Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, in a cage. However, if the NWO should prevail, it means that they're going to be allowed on any WCW telecast. Do I understand things right? I think so. Obviously, this
5: Monday night, Panama City is the happening place to be.
3: You can say that again.
5: But this upcoming Weekend Uncensored, that's going to be the place to be. Now, I don't pretend to try to give advice to Roddy Roddy Piper on his business affairs, but I will tell you this. The horsemen are a band of cutthroats. They've always had their own personal agenda, and Roddy, don't trust them. But one thing I do know is crystal clear. It's the NWO versus Team WCW. And I know three good reasons why we will emerge victorious. And they're standing there. He's the Giant. He's the Steiner brothers. I know where they're coming from. I know I can count on them; They can count on me. And we're going to bring it home for WCW.
3: Giant, certainly you've got your thoughts. You were once a member of the NWO. You'd love more than anything for victory on this particular occasion.
5: You know, if you look at the whole situation, it's a situation where Team WCW can't lose. You've got the masters of the suplex! You've got the total package with the rack! And you've got a walking, talking, fire-breathing giant with the chokeslam! I'm going to quote Scott Hall. NWO, don't sing it,
0: bring it.
3: All right, Scotty, very quickly, on yourself and your brother, uh, Rick here. Are are you feeling okay? You know, they tried to put us out in that car crash, and
5: they say I ain't right. Well, I ain't never been right. Jeez, (laughs) the hood's on, this dog will hunt, and we're in the NWO. Don't, Scotty. Well, well, Scott, apparently,
3: uh, (laughs) things are not exactly right for your brother.
5: They never were, but he's all right. And Hall Nash, and Uncensored... We're coming after you. Lex is taking
3: everybody else, and the Giants going to take business as usual. You know, of course, where the hearts are. Gentlemen, I don't have to tell you. Everybody right now certainly looking long and hard at Team WCW. Victory on Sunday night at Uncensored would be oh so sweet, Lex Luger. Gene. With this crowd so noisy, I didn't hear a word you said. I said victory at Uncensored this coming Sunday night on pay-per-view would be sweet, oh so sweet.
5: It'll be sweeter and sweet because there's been a foul, repugnant smell around here for close to a year now. And it goes by the initials NWO. And we are here to eradicate that repugnant smell
3: once and for all. Gentlemen, I don't know if you can see what's looked at right up. there. Is that an inspiration? I believe it is. Tony, it's an inspiration for me. But then this is spring break. What do I know? Back to you. There's a lot of inspirations here tonight, Gene,
4: as a matter of. <laughs> what's inspiration?
1: I miss Rick Steiner so much. Watching this, I'm making a commitment to myself that I'll make publicly. You know. At this point in my life, when I can go back and look back at all this stuff and have fun doing it, many thanks to you and the team. Um, I'm going to go to Atlanta and hang out with Rick. Cause he is just a, he is just a great guy. I miss him. I miss his sense of humor. Uh, he's, he's a good friend and I need to go out of my way to spend some time with him.
2: And while you're there, you can hang out with DDP, catch up with Marcus Bagwell, pop by, see what's up with Cody. Maybe Tony will stand you up. Lois will clean up some dog hair for you. All your old friends are in Atlanta.
1: <laughs> Ernest Miller is there as well. Oh, yeah. It's that's about right. time I
2: take a trip to Atlanta. No doubt about it. It's only three hours from my house, by the way. Just throwing it out there. Damn. So Juventude and Ultimo Dragon is up next. And this was supposed to be psychosis, but apparently he was stopped at the border. So that match was pushed to uncensored. Was this a common issue back then, getting guys in and out of Mexico?
1: Yeah, it was a real challenge. And part of it was their fault, the talent's fault. Um, communication sucked, which was partly our fault. Um, but there were some shenan some shady shenanigans going on. Will you stop? Um, shady shenanigans. I know I had to throw that back in there, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a constant problem. You almost planned for it. You, you knew going in, you had to have a plan B and a plan C. Well,
2: let's plan for this, uh, next week here on the show, we're going to be talking about Stings, 1998. What a year that was, man. Stings, 1998.
1: How crazy. And here we are today in 2022, and he's coming off balconies and throwing himself through tables. Like, what the hell? Man just doesn't know when to say when, or nor does he need to, which is even cooler. This is a great match. We're moments into it, but it's already impressive as hell.
2: Yeah. Meltzer's going to say it's uh, sloppier than normal, but, uh, still the best match on the show. I, we don't see Ultimo dragon rocking the black very often, but I dig that. Look, these are two of my very favorite lucha in, in this era. I think if you threw psychosis and Rey and they're probably my favorite four as far as our, uh, I don't know. International flavor lucha Trying
1: to look, I'm looking for the slight Now this so far, a couple of these moves have been off just a little bit. The drop kick was off just a little bit, but I'm not seeing sloppiness. I don't know where that's coming from.
2: Well, who just slipped out here. Cause these mats are wet. You can tell we're by the pool area, but the mats are extra shiny. So a little bit of pool water has gotten up there or maybe a that's lot right. of it.
1: Boy, there's a shot there that shows you just, it's like Disney on ice kind of out there.
2: Yeah. Was there any instruction given to the boys, as far as you recall, about, hey, don't do this or don't do that, or, hey, remember, this is different because of blah, blah, blah?
1: I'm sure there were. There was by the agents involved, and I'm sure the talent, you know, guys would come back from a match and tell the, the guys that are coming out next, hey, watch yourself out there. Everybody was aware of it. It wasn't like a surprise when talent walked out there. That was a nice combination there by Ultimo Dragon. I am at 104.22. Uh, so,
2: yeah, we're close enough. Um, I want to mention uh, the pay per view. It's got Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero, Ultimo Dragon and Psychosis, Glacier and Mortis, Buff Bagwell and Scotty Riggs, Harlem Heat and The Public Enemy, Prince Ikea and Rey Mysterio. And the main event is a triangle elimination match that's, well, a little weird. Hogan, Savage, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. That's four guys taking on team Piper, which is Piper, Chris Benoit, Steve McMichael, and Jeff Jarrett. So none of the guys that we saw, including John Tenta earlier today. And then there's team WCW, which is Lex Luger, the giant and Scott Steiner. So that's four guys, four guys, and three guys. It's kind of just fucking whatever here. It feels like this is not. Now, don't get me wrong. Really cool to see Dennis Rodman on pay per view, and arguably one of the biggest pops and moments in WCW history. All that happens with Sting at the end of the show, but four versus four versus three feels like a little bit. Eh, close enough. It's a throwaway. Yeah,
1: you know you've got enough talent at the top. You've got enough momentum. You know, you're, you're going into a pay-per-view that historically, whether it's because of the time of the year or the pay-per-view just didn't have a legacy of its own at this point, you know, going into it, you're not going to come out of it with, with a great um, financial result. And it becomes, I don't want to say a throwaway, but you're certainly not going to throw everything that you have at a pay-per-view that historically just doesn't generate revenue, whether it's because of its proximity to WrestleMania, whatever it is, it's just not going to get the kind of reaction that you want, no matter what you do. So you treat it accordingly. And that's exactly what this was.
2: The, uh, the real notable thing from the pay-per-view isn't anything that we ran through in that lineup. It's that sting is going to attack the NWO with a baseball bat and That's going to be hall Nash, Randy Savage. He's going to hit all three with a scorpion death drop, and he's going to gesture for Hogan to come at him as well. Hogan does sting takes him out. And now this has solidified sting is standing with WCW. He is not joining the NWO. So we've kind of been non-committal ever since we first saw the Crow character dating back to October of the prior year. So think about that. We get. All of October, November, December, January, February, and now really most of March before we understand what Sting's going to do. And Sting is now going to focus on the NWO and specifically Hogan for the rest of the year here. So March to December. In hindsight, really, really great stuff. Ultimo Dragon picks up the win. Yeah, I didn't hate that match. I think Meltzer was maybe a little too critical. I enjoyed what those guys did. Nah, he's just a bitch.
1: Oh, okay. And by the way, one of the things that you, I I just noticed was Sony PlayStation on the ring posts. Nicely done. That was an internal sale. That wasn't Turner ad sales. That was, you know, whenever you saw in ring sponsorship or in show sponsorship, all of that was generated by WCW uh, management, not by Turner ad sales. And just another example of why doing a show in a venue like club, La Villa, La Villa, La Vila, when you're not necessarily making money off the gate and the traditional things and having traditional wrestling fans. That's why it made sense.
2: <laughs> I love that. You're still going to stick to Livia. Let's just, do. let's go with your Livia for the rest okay. of the day. I'll call it La because
1: otherwise I'll just keep messing it up.
2: No, I get it. Let's not call it what it actually was. Let's just make up some new shit. <laughs> I'm for it. Speaking of some way, Jericho's coming out. Do you know he looks better today than he did then? He looks just like he did then. To me. I mean, he's a little I older, a little older. He's got
1: more abs today than he did back then. This guy is a freak of nature. I mean, he's not a freak of nature. He's a hardworking, committed professional. But at this stage of his life to get himself, I'm talking about Chris Jericho. in, in the shape that he's in today is in my mind, boggling. That's tough, brother.
2: You know, it's weird because there were so many, uh, I don't know, AEW haters, Chris Jericho haters, and they were coming after him, you know, saying that he was old or that he was out of shape or he was this, or he was that. And man, he made them all eat it because he looks as good as ever to your point. And speaking of looking good, here comes Scotty Riggs. Uh, he's still, uh, the last American male, big fan of, uh, his presentation here. And I can't help, but wonder what if. He had joined the NWO and Buff had been on the other side. His career could have looked a little differently, but.
1: They could have had a hell of a story, couldn't they? Former tag team partners do the split, Bagwell being committed. I'm taking your idea now. I'm not suggesting I came up with this, you did, but I think that would have been a very cool story. And for both of them, they both could have had their own trajectory that would have been different than what we look at Jericho go. Standing switch into a headlock. Nice move off the ropes. Ducks under the clothesline. Jericho up and over behind. He's got you into the ropes. Oops. That sucked. Leapfrog up and over. Jericho eats the elbow. Nice move.
2: Are you going to get back into the commentary game? Sounds like you're no, sharp as ever. No. Okay. No. Half the moves that they do in the ring, I don't
1: even know what they are anymore.
2: Doesn't keep Tony Schiavone from doing it. That's true. That's true. You know, the play by,
1: uh, play, by play is different now than it used to be.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: It's not really play by play anymore. You got three color commentators out there. Um, it's not like it used to be.
2: Uh, I my favorite part of uh, Scotty Riggs was the American Male's theme song. I, you don't remember that, do you?
1: No. How uh, to sing it to me? How'd
2: it go? Well, I don't have to sing it. I got to hold up when this really gets going. You got to listen to these lyrics too. These are some good lyrics. Wait for it. American
4: American males, American males, American males, American males, American males, American males.
1: American males Let's oh, got Jimmy Hart oh.
4: When you say that
0: I'm coming Better run for cover Girls, you don't need a weekend lover mm, American males Here comes the best part If they want to talk to you You better not listen You might wind up in critical condition <laughs> American males American males
2: y'all paid money for that jimmy hart
1: gotta love him you could pick a jimmy hart out song you could play five seconds of a 100 songs and you would know which one was a jimmy hart song and that's not a criticism by the
2: way isn't that a great line though if they want to talk to you you better not listen you might wind up in critical condition
1: yeah i guess what does it mean though
2: It means they're gonna Um, whip your ass oh stay out of their way
1: okay i'll buy
2: it this right here i I need this to be your thing your ringtone (laughs) you know if if dave silva and i ever become a tag team we're gonna call ourselves american whales come back (laughs) to this american (laughs) whales American whales,
1: and then you can change the lyrics up. You know, same same music, same (laughs) background. Just change the lyrics up and have some fun with us. That's actually funny. Yeah, be a good Halloween party gimmick, wouldn't it? When you guys make your entrance to the Halloween party, as the American whales, you come in with your own music produced. Gotta right,
2: gotta have a theme song.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah. So. uh We talked about him being one half of the American males. Of course, the other half is Buff Bagwell. He's on a collision course because they're facing off. Oh, there he is right there and uncensored. And here he comes in some booty shorts, all greased up in a tank top and whipping him like a government mule or whatever Jim Ross used to say with the belt. This is,
1: this is weird looking. I know time, you know, fashion time. How many times do we look back at pictures of ourselves when we were in grade school or high school or college or whatever? We go, ooh, I can't believe I wore that. This is that moment for Mark Bagwell. <laughs> this is that moment. Mark, whatever you do, don't go back and look at this. Just don't. Let it go. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Maybe not his best luck he ever had.
1: No, no.
2: I, um, you know, this is a largely forgettable nitro with the exception of, as we said, Rodman, the power going out, just the look of the arena, but then those fabulous incoherent promos. But up next is going to be Medusa. Uh, she's trying to get a little bit of a build for the WCW women's title match. She's going to be taking on Akira two in this uh era. And this is probably something that you know there's you know a market for, but it's got to be tough because in this era there's just not a lot of great women wrestlers. I mean, there's just not a lot of women wrestlers period, right?
1: There there weren't a lot of women wrestlers. The audience really wasn't into it the way they are now. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. They, the audience, you know, enjoyed Medusa and her character in WWF as well as WCW, but it just wasn't a thing. It was a, it was an attraction more than it was a staple item. let programming. Program. And I know Medusa is, you know, the trailblazer, although there was, you know, like Wendy Richter and a lot of other women that came before her that are arguably more of a trailblazer in many respects because of the areas that they competed in. But it just, there just wasn't enough women available to do a great job consistently having a women's division back then. Hats off to WWE. They changed all that. And they went through an evolution in order to do it. In the very beginning when I was there in the early 2000s as a talent, the talent that were in the ring for the most part were eye candy. It was, okay, let's hire some women and teach them how to do well enough in the ring to not embarrass us too much. But if we can get them in Playboy, that'll be a good thing. That was like the kind of casting direction, I think. Um, Whereas now you've got women that are not, some of them, very, very attractive that could probably, would have qualified as Playboy material if it were still around. I guess it still is. But more than anything, they can work, and they're tough as hell. I mean, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, come on just two phenomenal performers, uh, in the ring. And they both look amazing, but 1997, that didn't really exist. Yep.
2: Yeah, mean jeans wrapping up a big promo here with Medusa who looks like a million bucks. I mean, she looks like a star, uh, but unfortunately there's just not a lot of, uh, game pieces on the board for her to play with in this area as we're talking about and, um, Yeah. Next up, we got Kevin Sullivan taking on hard body Harrison, but before boy, this is going to be another outstanding match. Isn't it? Well, well, here's the thing. Kevin Sullivan, boy, he pulled no punches. Kevin Sullivan would beat the shit out of some of these enhancement guys, especially on the shows out of Orlando. I mean, I remember seeing just some really brutal stuff down there. I think once he even did it to edge of memory serves before edge was like, you know, edge, um, but hard body Harrison, Golly, another another guy who's gonna uh see the inside of a jail cell sooner rather than later. Not just Miss WCW. Did you ever meet Hardbody? Do you remember spending any time or having a conversation with Hardbody? Sure. Quite a bit. What can you tell us about he him? Talks
1: a lot. He was a very uh he put himself out there, man. He 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 wanted to have a voice in his career and he would come up with ideas. And he was a every conversation I had with Hardbody was positive, constructive, um, type of conversations. He wasn't a guy that was constantly bitching and moaning and questioning why he wasn't getting his push. None of that. It was all, what do I got to do? You know, what are you looking for? What do I got to do? What I need to change. So I, I never had, never had any issues with him. Uh, and by the way, you know, you're talking about how tough Kevin Sullivan was and st- and stiff as he was, hard body was no pushover. Hard body was not afraid to take it and could give it just as well. So this would probably be a bang and match, I'm guessing.
2: Yeah, I just want to remind everybody who maybe isn't super familiar with Hard Body Story. This is a guy who grew up in Pensacola and then went into the military, saw action in Operation Desert Shield and Operation Desert Storm. Once he's discharged honorably in nineteen ninety five, he starts training at the power plant. And man, he gets his big break here. Of course, eventually, uh, I guess three years after this, he's a party to a multi-plaintiff lawsuit, including Sonny Ono and hard work, Barbie Walker, and a bunch of others saying they had been racially discriminated against. They wind up settling out of court for a sizable payout. He tries some other reality shows with FX, but ultimately in '04, four boy, it all comes crashing down. He's arrested in the outskirts of Atlanta, three counts of false imprisonment. He's released, but eventually the FBI raids his homes. A man, he's in a lot of trouble. Uh, He's kept eight women as sex slaves. He winds up uh, going down for uh, forced labor, human trafficking, sex trafficking, witness tampering, criminal conspiracy, obstruction of justice. He's sentenced to life in prison in April of 08, April 1st. And that's no April fool's joke. And it's hard to b- uh, believe that that's a guy who you knew who trained in the power plant is here wrestling on nitro. And, you know, even before that served our country, Whew. lot to unpack here with hard body. It's really too bad because as I'm, as you're going
1: running this down and some of that, I had completely forgotten about some of it. I wasn't even aware of, to be honest. I'm listening to you and I'm watching a guy who has only been in the business for eighteen months at this point. Yeah. Maybe. And he looks phenomenal. Now I'm not talking about his physique, that's obvious. But look at his timing. He's fluid. I, I mean, he's he was really, really good. He had a ton, ton of potential. It's really, really so unfortunate. So unfortunate. I just I just don't know what makes people f- go off the rails to the extent that they do.
2: And, man, they're what brawling sell- all he over the sell- place here.
1: He is selling his ass off and, and, and looks good doing it. He's not overselling. He's not selling dead. He's just
2: fluid. That's the only word I can think of. He's so fluid. Sullivan had to love this. We're not just going to do our thing in the ring. We're going to brawl around on the deck and. You We're know gonna
1: take you down to the beach. <laughs> Come on, let's go for a swim, heart, buddy.
2: Boom. In real life, Kevin Sullivan has always been a beach bum, much like your old pal, Mister Belea, Right? You'll
1: never keep Kevin away from the ocean. Where does he? I think he lives in Seattle now, uh, on an island off the coast,
2: surrounded by water, twenty four seven.
1: He's another guy I'd love to go see. What a f- he used to. He used to invite me down when he lived in Florida. He used to invite me down to go lobster fishing and he would dive for him and he wasn't kept and Oh my God. I, I always wanted to, but I was too busy to do it. I could never get the time away. I, I really missed that. But I last time I saw Kevin, he said, Oh man, he had to come out to the Island and do some fishing. And what a great time that would be. I'm going to put that on my list this year before the year is over. Kevin, I'm coming out to Seattle and we're going to hang out for a day
2: or two. Uh Oh, here we go. Bye-bye.
4: And you've seen it on Nitro. It's amazing this man has strength enough to get out of that water or swim.
2: This was not a bad match. No, it was a fun moment. People were ready for a pool bump and finally happened. It was hard body Harrison. I, I really, it, it's hard to even think about and fathom the crimes that that guy was convicted of because we both really enjoyed the performance here. And I don't know, man life is he could, weird.
1: He, he could have had an amazing career. Yeah. Cause he was a talented, talented dude. It just, it amazes me to think a guy's been in the business for 18 months and go out there and have a match and make Kevin Sullivan look great. I mean, he sold his ass off for Kevin and for Jackie. Amazing.
2: Here's what so here's, unfortunate. fortunate. Let's listen to Jimmy.
3: Safe is in the vault of Fort Knox. The other women, in the WCW are scared to stick their faces out of their dressing room. She is armed, and she is dangerous. And her and Kevin together are just too legit to quit. Well, I'll have to go along with that thus far, what you've proven to me, Miss Jacqueline. Certainly what I'm hearing on the street these days, you've got a lot of fans, believe it or not, out there.
8: You know
7: what? There's a whole lot of women in WCW window dressing, but not me. This is the real deal. I can beat any man, but there's only one man I can't beat, and that's Kevin.
8: Let me tell you something, Gene. Roddy Piper, you're the smartest man I've ever met because you are going to a battle unprepared. You are gonna face the NWO and WCW and the most crucial time of your life. But your old friend, the four horsemen, reached out to you and you bonded. Piper, I felt really good inside because the horsemen for a year have been floundering. Without Rick, there was no head and there was a lot of excuses. You see, what the dungeon has done is destroyed the horsemen the horsemen now have something to focus on and i don't want any excuses i want you at full strength whether it's Mick michaels whether it's jeff Jarrett, whether it's rick or my old friend and last but not least benoit and nancy so piper This is coming from the three of us. Sunday night. No
3: excuses. No excuses indeed. I thank you, Kevin Sullivan. You should hear what the guys are saying at the car wash about Miss Jacqueline. Very nice indeed.
1: What the world? What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Hear what the guys are saying at the car. (laughs) I've never heard that. That's some abstract shit right there out of Gene Oakland. Some it must be an inside joke that we just
2: didn't get. This is, um, six days after we just saw miss Jackie. This is uh, the observer here. Uh, Disco Inferno was fired on March 4th when he refused to do a program, which would have ended with him putting over Jacqueline in a single match at uncensored. The vast majority of the wrestlers were totally in support of disco on that one and felt that putting over a woman in a singles match was a career killer. Of course we know that is not actually factual. It would not be a career killer, but what do you remember about this? Uh, I don't know impasse with disco.
1: Yeah, it was really unfortunate. You know, he, Disco drew a line in the sand. I won't do it. And once talent does that and people knew about it. You know, it wasn't a private conversation. It became an internal discussion amongst a, a number of people. And I just can't have it. You know, I had to do what I had to do. It's unfortunate. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I guess I can try to get it from the talent's point of view. But for Disco's character, I think it would have been one of the best things he could have done. But that's from my perspective as a producer, not for, as a talent. I, I, if I was a talent, I would have embraced the hell as a heel There's no limit to the ridiculous shit that you can do as a heel and still stay over as a heel. I I never got it. I never understood it. It worked itself out. Disco came back, but it was one of those, you draw a line in the sand, then you got to take the consequences.
2: Let's uh, let's track you talking to Hollywood
4: here. People have been asking us, is the rumor true? His... Dennis
1: Rodman, the newest member of the NWO. Hollywood, tell him, man. Are you talking about the real hot rod,
5: Dennis Rodman? (laughs) Well, Mr. Bischoff, I have to admit, last night in New York City, you and I put Dennis Rodman through the NWO initiation, and we gotta admit, our afterburners are still smoking, brother.
2: So Hogan's got the world title. The outsiders have the tag titles. Waltman has the cruiserweight title. Sting is with the group here. Now he's not saying anything, but he's following him around and he's got his bat and his trench coat and all that. Uh, and we know that, uh, the big reveal is going to be six days later, but here is where we get the, the pre-tape vignette of Dennis Rodman. Of course, Dennis Rodman has this movie coming out with Rob Van Dam and not Rob John Van, Dam. Claude Van Dam. Yeah. You're exactly right, but uh, you, you did a prodigy chat right before this on March 8th, mainly to talk about the Rodman deal. Uh, Meltzer would write this: the Rodman deal got discussed, and other subjects heavily discussed were the proposed new Japan buyout and Bischoff surprisingly saying that the ECW alliance was the best move the WWF has made over the last 12 months. Bischoff has Japan trip scheduled for late March and April. And he also said that he hoped Piper would agree to allow them to change the main event, but admitted it was up to Piper. He did his usual McMahon knocks overall. He did his usual switching between shooting and working. And when the lines are blurred like that, it's hard to take anything seriously. Although the questions and answers were better than his previous sessions. And it seemed like he was doing less working than in the past. Did you really believe that the ECW quote unquote invasion of the WWF was the best thing they had done in the last year? Or did you think it really just made it look even more low rent?
1: That was called damning with faint praise. Yes. That's what that was. I was, it it was a subtle form of a shot. It wasn't actual praise, but
2: whatever. Um, did you enjoy the prodigy chance? It's not something we've spent a lot of time talking about. Was it something you enjoyed?
1: You know, I did. I've, I've always, It's probably one of the reasons why I enjoy doing this show. I love talking about the business, especially at that time. Um, And I enjoyed the promotional opportunity that it provided and the opportunity it provided to advance story. Yes, Dave's right. There were oftentimes I was in character and there were oftentimes based on the subject and the question in front of me that I treated it seriously. Um, So, but I enjoyed it. And, you know, Bob Ryder, rest his soul. Bob was a good dude. And and I enjoyed Bob and trusted him. So yeah, I, I did enjoy it.
2: So now you see they're trying to present an NWO shirt here to Sting, and they just put it over your shoulder. You're still doing a little mic work here.
1: Equilibrium problem. What's up with that? I got three
5: letters to give to the Steiner brothers. LDW pick up the lost damage waiver. Bros.
2: Hypothetically, has Kevin Nash had a few drinks? You think?
1: Oh, maybe. (laughs) Six. No, it's hard to tell with Kevin when Kevin drinks.
2: He plays it real cool.
1: Well, he doesn't change much. Yeah. You know, um, you don't. There's not a noticeable difference in Kevin when he's had a couple bottles of wine and when he hasn't. Yeah, I agree. So maybe, maybe he did. What's really interesting, and we're not seeing a lot of the shots of staying in the shot in the background there, but he's got a look on his face, and obviously he's in makeup and everything. But you can just, just look at him. He looks so intense, like he's gonna blow up any minute. Yeah. He's just biding his time, and that's what this whole scene was about. Is he or isn't he? You know, he's not he's not moving at all, he's not looking at anybody, he's not reacting to anything. It's just like he's kind of surveying the 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 cow pasture deciding which one of these cows he's going to slaughter next. It's kind of cool.
2: Everyone around him is dancing and is in constant state of motion. He is flat footed, not moving at all. Very stoic. Somebody who's not stoic though. Brian Clark, who was Adam bomb. He's just signed with WCW. Um, public enemy has just signed a new two-year deal. (laughs) Oh, you're putting the microphone in Sting's face. He ain't got nothing to say to you. Uh, and then you and Randy Savage even, uh, tape an episode of Jeff Foxworthy. Any memory of being on Foxworthy's TV show?
1: Yeah, it was, it was a blast. We all went out to lunch after or dinner by the end of the day. And, um, I, I really had fun doing that. Randy had fun. I had a blast. It was a great, great crew there. The director, I don't remember his name. The director was super guy, but again, Jeff and the cast, we all went out to dinner afterwards and, yeah, talk about down to earth people. I mean, they were the, some of the nicest people I've ever gone out to dinner with that I hadn't previously known, and enjoyed it. Just really, really classy people.
2: I want to mention too uh, about a week prior to this, uh, or in the week leading up to this, Rome, Georgia, awarded Randy Pee Wee Anderson the key to the city, and a nice little ceremony uh, with the mayor. Sadly, though, the mayor called him Pee Wee Herman. So there's that. And this is going to be winding down the show. We're taking one last break and then we're going to come back. I I also want to remind you this show, of course, is head to head with Monday Night Raw. Raw did a 2.3 here. Nitro did a 3.5. Nitro had a 5.55 share, which is, uh, and this is like the rechristening of Monday Night Raw. We've got a total new look. We've got new theme music, new graphics, new set. Everything's different. It's no longer Monday night raw. Now it's raw is war. So they had a new set and I guess so did you, you've got the La Vila set, but they can pull out all their tricks in that one week Remove from the ECW thing. doesn't matter. You've got the hot hand here with the NWO. You just thump them once again in the ratings.
1: Yeah. I think we outperformed them by about 35% on this episode, that's fairly substantial and head to head competition. But that's the funny thing about momentum, man. Once it shifts, it shifts and it's hard to get it back. I've said that so many times creating momentum is difficult. Maintaining it is even more difficult, but once you've got it and it's in your corner, Holy smokes. You know, you could get away with a show like this This was admittedly a really, really, low level show. There was not a lot happening on this show. It was a spectacle more than it was a story, but, but it, it worked.
2: I'm curious. Why does it happen the way it does? Because as you can tell, as you're looking at your time clock, we're about out of time, but we've still got some time left. So public enemies here at the top of the ramp, doing a promo with main gene. And, uh, I believe the Harlem heat are going to come out and brawl with them but this is what goes off the air. Like did the power failure just screw everything up or time wise, or do you remember? I don't know that that would have been, I don't remember specifically. I wouldn't have been in the
1: truck, but the time, you know, what did we lose there about three minutes, four minutes? That's an easy adjustment to make. It could have had something to do with it. I'm sure that it did to a degree, but also remember one of the formulas that worked back then, I would not suggesting it would work today. But what worked back then is going off hot, you know, as opposed to. But public enemy,
2: I mean, I'm not disparaging public enemy. I liked them, but I'm just saying, it feels like you go off hot with the NWO rather than public enemy and Harlem heat.
1: Well, this is going to be a brawl, right? Yeah. That's what I mean by going off hot, not necessarily going off with the biggest names on the show, but going off with action, going off with emotion. Um, I'm not arguing that.
2: that. I'm just saying it feels like. You know, it was a staple of Nitro in this era. You put the NWO in the last segment, and there's a Pier Six brawl with somebody trying to make the save, and Tony Schiavone yells, "We gotta go!" But now instead <laughs> of it being Hall and Nash, it's Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge. It's a little different.
1: It is different, and perhaps it was a timing issue. I kind of doubt it because this promo appears to be something that was given some thought and consideration, not only by the talent but by Gene as well. They weren't just going out there on the fly. So the question that becomes, why didn't we do this and then bring out the NWO? And the answer is, I'm not really sure. It feels like to me, perhaps we wanted, we wanted to give the NWO all the time they needed because there were so many people in a ring and a ground to cover. And we didn't want the NWO in a ring when we were running out of time.
2: It feels like to me, maybe that was a match that was scheduled, but maybe it got cut for time.
1: That could have been it
2: here's what i know we're not going to be cut for time next week because we're going to take our time and we talk about sting's 1998 and we're going to be doing it because sting's birthday is on march 20th and we would be remiss if we didn't go off the air and talk about can you believe sting jumped off a fucking balcony last week on pay-per-view he's 62 he's going to be 63 years old off a balcony through the tables he's having a blast and you know we just put over Ray Mysterio for, can you believe he's still wrestling? Can you believe Sting's still doing it? And at a high level, he is, uh, out of this world, man. So happy for Sting. you know, he's, he's able to end
1: his career on such a high note. And that's an opportunity that has escaped him twice. Now, once in WCW and once in WWE, I don't think he left WCW really happy with the way his his career was apparently at that point going to end. And he certainly wouldn't have been happy with the way things ended in WWE. And here he is today, rewriting the end of his own story. And I could not be happier for Sting. Couldn't be more grateful to AEW for giving him that opportunity. And good things do happen to good people every once in a while. And we're watching it with Sting.
2: Well, we're going to be watching it next week. Don't forget, you get all these shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. And right now, we've got our brand new interview up with uh, Braun Breaker. You don't want to miss that. Whole lot more coming your way sooner rather than later. You get it all at adfreeshows.com. Until next time, he is at E Bischoff. I am at Hey, Hey, It's Conrad. We are at 83 Weeks, and we're also out of time. We'll see you next week for All Things Sting 1998 on 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff.
4: John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together...